That's the double fisting move I was trying to explain to you. Yeah. He, he, I mean, at the beginning of the last podcast, it went, it, yeah. completion oh, wait, happened. You, you finished? Yeah, yeah. You, Com- you, like, you never finished. Well, it was the end of, it was the end of Game of Thrones. It felt justified. I don't know. There was, there's a lot of satisfaction, so some of it had to wind up on my face. Hold the pour, man. Hold the pour. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, this is Superior Purchase. I'm Eric. I'm Austin. And we have a new guest joining us today. Hi. <laughs> that is... <laughs> well, that I, is... I figured I was supposed to say hi. Sure. Yeah. That is Matt Larino, our friend, my boss. Yes. Yes. Well, actually, I, I'd comment upon the uh, double fisting thing that you're talking about there. That uh, I know that movement quite well. That is like the project team, team signal. Okay. That's, so that's like, the long it, distance sort of, hello. Just ah, yeah. Hey. It's, it's sort of like you know, kind of in uh, Team America when they say they have like, you know, here's the hand signal. Yeah. That's kind of like our hand signal. Oh, okay. That's... You can just look across the room, give that real quick. Maybe on the highway, you definitely get a response. <laughs> Maybe on the highway. <laughs> Yeah, just like just like passing, just like I'm 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 going like west passing. and east. No, no, if like we're traveling the same destination, sort of like a caravan type idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. in passing, while I'm actually passing you, just oh, to let okay. you know, just to be hey, like, I'm there. Yeah. It's like, just, just like, oh, a little oh, blah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, you don't finish like I said before. That's. And I mean, to be fair, it, it was the worst like ruined finish I've ever seen because he barely like touched the two. And then all no. of a sudden he was just like uh, down his face. Yeah, the, so. there wasn't even this at all. It was just oh, it was just raining over. down upon him. It just, so, oh, it so was, you just like falsify bukkakeed yourself? Yeah, I, kind of. Like yeah. it was just like I walked into a room and I was like, oh, oh no! It's <laughs> 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 the <laughs> worst room to walk into ever, ever. Oh, yeah, no. you think like a burning room or like nope. somebody has a gun to your head? Oh my god, no, someone's just, yelling like, in there! Just walk in random cum everywhere. A, a simple broom cupboard with just. Glory holes yeah. awaiting you. Ooh, it's oh a no! Ghost. <laughs> oh, this is the worst tanning booth. I hate it so much. Oh no! Oh my god! All, All right. right. So uh, our main thing we're here to talk about, surprisingly, is something surprisingly else. Surprisingly, not dicks and cum. Yeah, <laughs> it is uh, the Deadpool movie. This is this is long overdue, just in terms of how long the movie's been out, but also getting Matt here to talk about it because Matt is the biggest. Deadpool fan that I know. I uh, unfortunately, like, because of now the timing and because of how long it took me to get here, uh, nobody's gonna give a flying shit about this entire report. Oh sure. Oh, oh, oh sure. I mean, I just, I'm, uh, I'm aware of that. I, as long as we all understood it, I er, mean, I mean that's yeah. apparent, right? Yeah. Somebody's gonna look at it and be like, Deadpool. Yeah. Fuck but, these guys. But you know what? We're gonna have fun recording it. That's what matters. Yeah. Because caring is sharing and, and all that whatnot. So yeah, I mean. Come on, the three fans you guys have living in Mom's basement can't possibly deny listening just one more episode, right? It's true. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah. So, you know, hey. No, really, hey, though. Hey, three, three guys in Mom's basement. Keep up the good work. <laughs> no, hey. really, though. Like, yeah, how many listeners have you guys achieved so far? Um, we get an average of 10 on mm-hmm. every podcast. For some reason, we did the anime podcast. Let me, let me look it up. We did a, a top five anime episode that was me austin and uh that was the weekend that gavin and i came down so it was me austin gavin and john austin's brother okay and that that just went well past the others for for no reason yeah 
Um, oh, good. We're good. we're still trying to. <laughs> we have we and again, I'll throw it out there one more time. We we open it up like get in touch with us. We're superiorpurchase at gmail dot com at supperch on Twitter, and uh, we we have our Twitch stream twitch tv slash superior underscore purchase. Uh, the anime episode is currently sitting at two hundred and nine listens. Ooh. Yeah, so that that one for some reason just was like, hey, everybody likes anime because we have. The Weeboos ear, don't you worry. The Weeboos? The Weeboos. We're there with them. I all day long. Can we, what? Nope, neither of us. We're both lost. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's generic term for, like, the anime dork. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. That's surprising. No, yeah. So, like, you're saying, like, you're the GoBot of the anime version? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yes. I'll take that. No, I mean, I, I feel like now, though, that after hearing that news of the 209 listeners that I'm just a terrible special guest because I've never listened so far and I'm asking these questions see here. that's, well, that's, that's not that's not a bad thing because now you don't know what to what to expect yeah well I so, mean we started this thing talking about come and I, hey I watched yep. him double pump himself so exactly yeah, so, yeah. I mean no, that's standard. That's part yeah, of the that's course. The, oh, right. well, I mean, Welcome to the podcast, can't, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> can't get much worse from here. Yeah, this isn't oh, like, oh, Matt's coming. We got to get some, some double fisting in the room. Like, nah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, you're going to get bent over that couch later on. Just, well, it's going to be I, good. I figured, you know, why good. there's a dildo here along with this drill. Because I figured it was going to go on oh, the God. end of this drill. And then, you know, we're just going to get a little. Oh, God. Little oh, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's going to be the worst noise in headphones I got to imagine. So so that <laughs> that, <laughs> that drill, in honesty, is here for my studio lighting that I put up last night. Oh, <laughs> oh very nice. So that's, that's all it is. Because, okay, so. In case you couldn't figure this out, which I'm sure you could, this side is like the podcast superior purchase side of the studio room. That's my side with my PC and like my stream stuff over there. So that's that's what that's. Well, for. honestly, I feel like this is just a very under budget casting couch. Oh God, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, hence, hence <laughs> like, the bent <laughs> over and the drill. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you poor. You, couch. you didn't feel the the like crispiness of the couch when you sat down. Well, I just. When when I get bent over, I just hope none of my hands go into the uh, dried gum on the floor. Yeah, yeah, it's you know. <laughs> hey man, hey man, it's a rough life. <laughs> you know, Francesco, he comes in, he tries to do a good job cleaning, but you just you just got to shit on him all day long, don't you? I, you you got to talk to Ramon. He knows all about it. He'll come over. He'll help you out completely. <laughs> oh, no, not Ramon. Yeah, no, he'll love oh, it. He's God. good people. He's good people. Okay, right, so, so so first off, yeah. Let me let me ask Matt, you're on vacation right now, right? Yes, sir. Have you been playing anything fun? Have you been doing anything fun? What's what's vacation been like for you? Uh, so far, uh, like the first two days coming back from vacation or starting off of vacation has pretty much consisted of me of sleeping, trying to get back onto a regular sleep schedule. That's fair the enough. uh flight yeah. in on Friday kind of destroyed me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everything else, but I tried to make the best of it. We tried to go see Finding Dory after having a nice seafood or a sushi dinner, excuse me. And uh, that's, well, I mean, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna go eat Dory, then we're gonna go watch a cute movie about her. Well, yeah. I mean, now you see how my mind operates. <laughs> yeah. I, I figured, you know, just kind of 
Can't even say fish. If you went the other way around, you wouldn't be able to eat the sushi. That, it, That's true. Just, you'd yeah. be looking at it and you'd be like, no, swim. And then you throw th- throw the sushi back in the, yeah, the aquarium. Yeah, yeah. You just go <laughs> home hungry. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you need to do it the way that we did it. Because so, you can be like, you know, oh, man, I bet you she'd be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> if but it's I'm more so f- colorful, it's more tasty. But I'm so full right now. Like, I just, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's just that feeling in your stomach is, is now guilt also. So how was Finding Dory, though? I haven't seen it yet, and I... I've heard it's good. Well, unfortunately, because of how warm it was in the you fell theater, asleep? oh, I slept probably through about three quarters of that movie. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Carla, she was awake for the whole thing. She absolutely enjoyed it. And whatever I did see when I would wake up, even though it made absolutely no like congruent sense whatsoever, <laughs> it was still pretty enjoyable. I was like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> this is a situation that sounds like it would be interesting if I was in the whole way. <laughs> that joke is funny. What, what, what's it mean? <laughs> Who are they talking about? I missed the beginning of that one, guys. Yeah, so... Uh, what did I miss? Th- that was alright, though, regardless, either way. And then pretty much the whole next day, too. was still pretty much out of it. I woke up maybe about 12, 12.30 in the afternoon... Stayed awake for about two hours and then took a nice six-hour nap. <laughs> yeah. So th- the go. first two days of vacation were quite lucrative, if you can say that. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, we played some wiffle ball. Uh, we play wiffle ball every Sunday up at my friend's house. We call it the uh, Riverside Wiffle Ball League. It's pretty fun. Uh, just a whole bunch of fat old guys standing around playing some wiffle ball. We don't actually run. We just have yeah. a way of the system of like so, where so you just kind of hit it and you're like, hey, that would be like a single. Oh and yeah, yeah, you yeah. Go, yeah. Like but, meander over to first. But it's not even like half-assed. Like this is Sandlot to the max. We have you know the bases laid out. We mm-hmm. have lines painted on the grass. The grass gets mowed. We have like a warning track. You know, there's foul <laughs> poles. We have an official like cutout for the strike zone. Okay. And the guys are throwing these things. Like if you ever want to see crazy wiffleball pitches, check out wiffleboy.com. Yeah ridiculous and the majority of me and my friends can do that okay so it's not like oh you're just gonna play some wiffle ball yeah you're actually (laughs) like like, this is some hard shit like last sunday one of my buddies threw a shutout because well we just couldn't hit him (laughs) you know shit happens okay wiffle ball okay that's that's some next level stuff yes it is yeah and then uh the next few days was just pretty much me and carla going to whatever stores to catch up on errands or stuff like that that we needed to. Yeah. Uh, there has been a lot of swirly cones in our most recent present and past. Like, <laughs> as in, like, soft-serve ice cream swirly cones? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so, like, do, do you know what the swirly cone is? It, it, I'm, I'm not... Is that the one with, like, the flavor no, stuff no, in it? No, no, no. Those are just, like, flavor blasts. Flavor blasts is what no, I'm thinking of. B&M ice cream, or B&F ice cream. I think it's. This is all new to me. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> don't look to me for help. <laughs> I, I do believe it's BNF ice cream in okay. Whitesboro. They go ahead and they make. You can get soft serve ice cream. Yeah. With let's say you want sprinkles. Okay. Well, they will mix the sprinkles into the soft oh. serve ice cream. Then put it back in your cone like a normal soft serve cone. Okay. And then you can get sprinkles on top of that. Oh god. <laughs> so oh no. They, they will do it with other things too. Yeah. So like they'll do it with like Oreo crumbs or Reese's pieces and oh, pop rocks. Shit. Where is this B and N? I think it's B and F. B and F. Dairy. 
Right on uh, Erskine Boulevard in Whitesboro. Oh, okay. It's interesting. Because, see, I go, you know, Bonomo's on Route 5, right? Oh, yeah. They're good, too. We go there because they have the flavored soft serve. Um, like, they do a, they set, put, it like, a calendar on Facebook of, like, what they have. And then I think it's Monday through Thursday they have one flavor. Friday, Saturday, Sunday they have another. And then, like, it changes each time. If they get fucking raspberry pistachio... You can't stop me. Like, like you cannot stop me. I just all of my paycheck goes right into it. Yeah, uh, so good because the, they have those fucking dips, like the coat wax dip thing. That oh man, raspberry raspberry soft serve with a cherry dip. Oh, fucking Jesus. They have uh, I think so it's good. blackberry pistachio ice cream and the one in uh, North Utica. I want to say it's tasty treat or something like that. Yes. When uh, I know they that, have place. that my friends go bonkers for that, and uh. My personal favorite, because like I said, they do have different flavored soft serves at yeah. BNF. Uh, lately, I've been trying out the cotton candy soft serve. Oh, Jesus. With Reese's Pieces inside. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and chocolate sprinkles on the top. Oh, Christ. Right. Do you know why they're sprinkles? <laughs> nah. Because I am a winner. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing I can oh, say no. for, for soft serve, if there's a place that I can get a soft serve and you like dip it in the fudge and it makes like that shell yeah no that's what i'm talking oh about like God. go go to bonomo's they don't just have like the fudge shell they have like cherry peanut butter um there's cherry peanut butter chocolate ra- uh, blue raspberry um pistachio there's like uh, they have like oh a, a vat of just different like coating waxes that they'll, they'll dip anything in it's okay. so good i i really like their uh milkshakes they make a really yes. thick thick milkshake though. yes they do it's very, good. Very delicious. It's real nice. Yes. But, but going on, like, the idea of the swirly cone. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, me and Carla had been talking about that, you know, since I haven't been home, because yeah. we've been on the road, yep. that, you know, we'll get one when I come home. So today, after having, I believe it's our fourth swirly cone in a row <laughs> on the <laughs> day of days, um, I'm enjoying it. She, she's starting to feel a little guilty, and I want more. Like, I'm almost contemplating, like, depending on when we leave here today. Yeah, I may have my second for the day. <laughs> All right, <laughs> nice. Oh God! All right. Well, I need to. I need to repeat a question oh, that I asked you God. via text earlier this week. Have you, in this first week of your two-week vacation, watched either the Hateful Eight or Nine? You know. You know. I'm I, sorry. The movie Nine or the movie The Hateful Eight. I've, Hateful Eight I've, or I've, Hateful Nine? <laughs> Hateful Eight or Nine? I can't remember. It's one of those ones. Sequels never as good. <laughs> Well, uh, currently, no. <laughs> um, well done. Lots I, I, of sleep now, and ice cream. Now, disclaimer, I've never seen The Hateful Eight either. Okay. Yes, but you're not currently borrowing it from him either. Well, yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was an underlying meaning to this question. This is true, although my supervisor does have my, my copies of all the Star Wars movies and has had them since probably November. should oh, probably God. look to either getting those back or just... He should just... Fucking watch him, man. Ryan, if really, you're listening, watch the goddamn movie. Has it really not gotten around to any? No. He's watched wow. maybe one. And he's never like he's never seen the Star Wars movies. Well, I mean, so. essentially, he could skip two of them. Which ones? One and two? Yeah. And just yeah. kind of dive in after just that. dive into three? Kinda, yeah. yeah. I mean, See, you could go machete you on go it, machete but machete order. still involves episode two, which is yeah. a rough time. I still think machete should have one because Qui-Gon Jinn's a great Jedi. I like Qui-Gon. He's kind of the first like gray Jedi you really see because he doesn't really follow 
the Jedi Order and stuff, he kind of just goes with, like, this is what's going to give balance to the Force. Fuck all of you. I suppose, yeah. So, it, I, he's the first, like, different Jedi you get to see, which... Well, he's he's more he's more focused on the prophecy than most others yeah. would be. Yeah. Uh, have you... Uh, sorry to kind of jump track on this, yeah. but still along the same idea. Have you seen this new thing on the internet where they're trying to say that... Uh, Mace Windu's still alive? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know I why? Saw that. You know why? Because Samuel Jackson went to George Lucas and said, "Hey, did my character really die like a bitch?" And George said, "No. If you want him alive, he can be alive." And Sam was like, "Cool, my character's alive." <laughs> so George Lucas and Samuel Jackson have both stated Mace Windu is alive. Well, Which, how is that possible? Though? Like, what does Lucas have to do with this anymore? Uh, he, he, he no no this was this was rings. during filming this wasn't this wasn't now this was back when Lucas was in charge. Mm. So technically, it is canon if you carry Lucas into disney so i yeah. wonder i just wonder who asked the question that made it resurface in 2016 um somebody asked sam jackson on a talk show about it and he said like yeah during filming oh, I, really? like they were filming his death scene and he was like george is this really the way i have to go out <laughs> and he was like no man if you want to be alive like you can be alive he's like cool i'm gonna my character's alive and that like it was just like a the two of them kind of thing like did you know that Sam Jackson's lightsaber says "bad motherfucker" on it? Yes, that in I, all of the movies, his handle has a "bad motherfucker" on it. Like, there's so many little things like that that Sam Jackson did. Just like that look, you ended want me up in becoming this? canon. It's gonna get ridiculous. Like the purple lightsaber. Yeah, because yeah. he uses a, spe- a special Jedi fighting style that dips into the dark side. So the purple lightsaber is fitting for him yeah, as the blue, blue, blue and, red. and red. Yeah, got it. And the entire reason that became canon was because he literally said. I want a purple lightsaber, George. And he was like, well, they're only really green or blue. He's like, no, 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 I want a purple one. And they were like, yeah, go well, for it. Well, he wanted to be able to know where he was in the in fight, the fight scenes. scenes. Yep. Yeah. So purple lightsaber. Like, yeah. That's, I mean. See, that that's what if, you do. If you want Samuel Jackson, just make him have a fun time. Yeah. And then he'll make your movie better. Let him do essentially what he wants with it. And then, boom, better yeah. stuff comes out of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you Plus, any, he's my favorite Jedi, so I have to assume he's still yeah, alive. Yeah, but that, that's not always true. Snake's on a plane. Come on. He I mean, always... okay, snakes. On it a was plane a with fun, anyone else. bad movie. Let's no, be real. No, I, granted, okay, the best line in the movie is one of Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I guess your statement the one that true, everybody knows. But yeah, I have had enough. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. He. I've got to imagine he's, like, one of the most profitable actors in history. Oh, gotta be. I mean, the very, like, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, uh, oh my god. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, Oh, so many Tarantino movies, but I mean, that's also partially because they're Tarantino movies. People are gonna go check them out, but... You've got me curious, and I need to look it up now. I mean, he's a big part of a lot of different franchises that make stupid money. One of my personal favorites... now all the Marvel movies he's in. ...was uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's pretty. I mean, he might actually be the highest-grossing actor. Probably. I mean, I'm not sure. I thought I saw something about him recently. I, I wonder how. Oh, they Harrison even Ford is the most, followed by Sam Jackson. Really? Okay. Oh well, indie Star Wars. Both Star Wars people. And then I suppose the Jack Ryan movies. Harrison Ford's total gross. Fugitive. Clear and present God. danger. Was he in Red October? No. No, that was Alec Baldwin. Yes. Uh, Harrison Ford's total gross of movies he's been in is 4.87 billion dollars 
Sam Jackson is at 4.64, followed by Morgan Freeman at 4.43. I figured he'd be up there, too. Because he's got the Dark Knight to follow along with him. Then Tom Hanks, Robert Downey Jr., Eddie Murphy, Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp, Michael Caine, and Scarlett Johansson. Nick Fury wasn't in Civil War, was he? No. That probably would have put him close. That would have done it for him, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure that would have done it for him. It made a billion dollars. Yeah. So... Warcraft made five hundred million, thanks to China. <laughs> Good job, China. It made like it made like four hundred million in China alone, enough to get it a sequel. I'd have to imagine. Which go China? We'll see. I liked it. <laughs> thanks for the sequel, China. Yeah, appreciate it, boys. So yeah, but yeah, I mean that list is kind of what you'd expect, though. Tom Hanks on there and all them. So yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, Harrison Ford's got especially the the latest Star Wars is what kicked him up and over it. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's got sure. the four Star Wars movies he was in, plus Indiana Jones. Just those alone, plus, you know, the Jack Ryan. Plus just a long career. Yeah, plus Jack Ryan, Blade Runner. Like, he's he's been in, like, sci-fi movies alone, he's probably got it. Let alone his other movies Pretty that close, he, yeah. he does actual, like, you know, real people acting. But hey, he, <laughs> he apparently does sci-fi right, so I yeah. mean, you gotta stick with it. And True. he hates it, too. Which is the best part? Yeah. He does real. not understand the fandom, and he, he it drives him nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's just like just pay, pay me my money, and I'm good to go. <laughs> well, look, he's been professionally professionally grumpy pretty much his entire career. Oh, God, yes. So it only makes sense as like ah, we love you anyway. Oh, sure. Shut up. Oh sure. Oh, who's a big grumpy bear? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're adorable when you're mad. Oh yeah. If we just want to throw money at you. All yeah. right. Well, I him, think that's... him on talk shows is hilarious. Oh, Harrison oh Ford on God. talk shows is is hilarious. He's just so so angry. At least he's constantly. an entertaining kind of grumpy. Like, True. There there are people who've had kind and of enough of going on talk shows he, and stuff that aren't fun about it. Yeah, and it's not like he's not willing to do things. Like whenever he goes on Jimmy Kimmel, there's always Chewie in the audience who's like cheating, like who his wife cheated on him with. You know, he's got this like feud between him and Chewie constantly. So it's like he he does play into it enough to keep it. Yeah, that's Keep true. it entertaining, along with being his gr- his normal grumpy self. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. enjoy it. Uh, you gotta well, own it at some point, so. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to imagine that. So be it. Alright, well, while we're talking about movie stars and movies in general, let's talk some Deadpool. Alright. Oh, he's trying to bring it back around. Yeah, I, I like it. I <laughs> 22 minutes in, let's <laughs> let's get this baby on the rails. Oh, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, look, maybe we can go ahead and derail it one more time. I can derail it. <laughs> <laughs> go for it Bat- I'm Batman. not like oh I have this rigid script in my no Batman the Killing Joke is going to be in select theaters and I wonder if it's going to be near us Highly the animated I would hope so maybe it's Syracuse Kev- yeah. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill again in an R rated animated Batman film but probably the best Batman storyline there is certainly one of them it's, it's top oh yeah 10 probably top oh, five for sure top five for sure yeah Are you kidding me killing joke like absolutely it's got to be top five plus yeah. they they let it be rated r so it's actually going to be the story as the story should be so I, I can attest to it probably being a very good story because i'm not a big dc fan and yet i still know of the killing joke storyline yes. so yes usually if it bridges over that hard that you know yeah. And, you have to hear about it from the other realm. And it's getting good. getting Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill again. So you got the animated series Batman and, and Joker. Yeah. Are arguably the best the best voices for him. Well, why did Hamill stop doing the Joker? Like contractual or so why did he stop doing it? Yeah. He never really stopped doing it. Um yeah. 
he he was he did it for the animated series. Yeah. Um, and then he's done it for assorted things throughout, but there wasn't a lot of stuff that the Joker was in. D- like DC stopped going to him with it. It wasn't like him choosing to stop per se. They just kind of said like our Joker needs to be a different kind of Joker because DC went all dark and brooding because they felt that was what they should do. Um, and Mark Hamill's Joker is way too like joyous and and entertaining, so they didn't want him for a little while there and then when the arkham games came out he did the joker for the arkham games and that kind of like refreshed his career back into the joker again but yet the arkham games are pretty dark and brooding so yeah yep it doesn't really matter i mean correct well that's the thing i mean that's just because he's a fantastic voice the mark (laughs) hamill (laughs) the mark hamill joker has always had that that fun entertaining thing but then he's also had that deep and dark place he can go to when he's making real and dangerous and terrifying threats i mean his laugh always starts as a low like like almost growling laugh into the shriek yeah he has to pull it up into that cackle always been that i mean either way let's be honest with all the fandom of mark hamill his best role ever cock knocker (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's certainly one of the most. I mean, when that happens in Chain Silent Bob Strike Back, you're just like, wait, whoa, okay. I, now, why do they call you Cockknocker? <laughs> well, you see, it's a funny story because. <laughs> <laughs> see, I like this is where. This is where the the bonus of like the the difference of Mark Hamill versus Harrison Ford comes in. Like Mark Hamill just sells into like geek culture. Yeah, he just likes it. Whereas like Harrison Ford is so like like off about it. Like, did you see on um, Daisy Ridley's birthday? So the the chick who plays Ray, yeah. um, on her birthday, he posted a picture of her, um, or he posted a picture of him on her back, like Yoda. <laughs> and it was like he was like training montage and it's just a picture of him like pointing forward while he's like on a piggyback on her like things like that is just like that's what mark hamill does well he does his social media stuff incredibly well yeah he's always i mean he's it. always gonna be a, a a kid and a nerd at heart oh absolutely there's always gonna be that inside of him yeah he's always which is been, endearing as yeah. hell yeah. yeah he's great plays luke well plus uh, we get to see we get to see supposedly like super jedi luke in this next movie supposedly there's a scene where he straight up destroys the house that they're in like just not even like he doesn't move and just he gets angry at whoever he's talking to like kylo comes and has a conversation with him and he pisses off luke to the point where like luke destroys the shack that they're in just with like a thought so apparently they're gonna really like pull out like grandmastered luke on the next movie spoiler alert ladies and gentlemen oh wait that's right we're supposed to do that beforehand no it's it's fan theory so it's fan theory and, and conjecture at the moment, so it's not really. What a weird, what a weird theory. Well, it's not. It's not fan theory. It's just like somebody like read possibly a preliminary script of maybe possibly you know Ugh. that those reports. But stop ruining life for yourself. All I want to see. All I want to see <laughs> is Luke actually it. use the Force in a like heavy sense. I mean, that that's would be what awesome. you would assume. I just don't want to hear about it until. Oh, what nonsense. is it next year? Oh, nonsense. I, I'd like to actually see like a masturbatory, force choke, self-inflicted. Oh, type like, of thing. Uh, like like autoerotic uh, asphyxiation. asphyxiation with the force. Yeah, I mean, like, why not? If you can do it, I mean, essentially, you shouldn't even have to touch your own deck. Dips into the dark side, though. Well, <laughs> I mean, you gotta yeah. hate yourself to really do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not ruling this out here. <laughs> Luke becomes a Sith when he jerks it. 
are like, are you afraid that like your dick's gonna light up like a saber? Like, I mean, no, I'd be I'd be worried. Like, I just I mean, gotta bring balance to the force. You see what seems to happen to every Sith ever with their whole like face getting all nasty and gnarled. I mean, what if that happens to your dick, man? Like, horns start growing out of it, and shit. But what if having the ability to jerk off yourself by your force power whenever you want is worth that? Just, These are the real questions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I just imagine him looking down like, if you strike me down, <laughs> I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Now, going going with the theme of, of how episode 7 followed episodes 4 storyline, you know, like like the outline of episode 4. Sure. The basic God, story structure. I hope they don't do that with Luke, where they just decide, like, Luke needs to die. No. You killed Han, let I mean, Luke train cer- someone. Cer- certainly not to a bitch like Kylo who loses a lightsaber fight to an untrained about to be Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. That would yeah. That would be rough. So alright. I mean, who knows what's up with Snoke, but whatever. We'll see. It's probably Vader. Ooh. Did you see that? That that whole thing? No. Yeah, his no. his facial wounds on Snoke supposedly match the ones that Anakin has when he takes his helmet off in the Death Star. Like, the, the th- head, like, scarring and stuff. I think while Apparently we're... Apparently th- it all matches up. I think while we're theorizing, Darth Plagueis would be much more fun. I'm I'm all for the Plagueis theory, that it's Sidious's master. Yeah. I'm all for that. Like, okay. the man who the man who figured out how to cheat death, all for it. It's canon in the movies, like, bring it on in. Sure. Neat thing, did you see that Forrest Whitaker's character was announced? For Rogue One? Yes. He's he is a character from Clone Wars, Sam... Right? Starts with a W. I can't think of his last name. Like, Sam Wesk or something like that. He's a character from the Clone Wars. So yeah. they're bringing the TV show into the movies now, which is a neat little thing. Good. It's a good way to do it. Because it is canon. Like, the TV shows are canon. Rebels and the Clone Wars, they're considered to be straight up, like, canon. I've never watched an episode of Rebels, either of you? No. No. It's... it's I, I can't find it anywhere, because I don't have cable... Right. And they don't really show it online anywhere. So uh, supposedly, like one of the guys at work who watches it says it's super good. Like it's as good as the end of the Clone Wars was. Oh and really? Clo- Clone Wars like season two and on got super good because they were just like, are we still making a kids show? Yeah, fuck the kids. Let's make a good story. And they just made it like <laughs> super dark, and we're just yeah. like, Darth Maul's back. It's like, getting crazy. Yeah, we're at war. Let's like kill let's things. let's show war. Yep. <laughs> and just went into it. So yeah, Clone Wars got real good, real yeah. good. Even like Ahsoka, who I hated at the beginning, she became a really cool character. Well, she's yeah, in they, Rebels too. Yeah, they, I mean they. She's they a darkened. she's an actual gray Jedi. Like she's a legit gray Jedi. That's like you were saying before, Qui Gon being you mm-hmm. know, a gray or so. It would be nice to see them portray an actual gray Jedi in yeah. one of the movies. She because yes. you do read about it in the books. You do know that there's other levels of different Jedi's. There's mm-hmm. other colors out there too, and you know they just keep touching on the same three to four colors yeah light side dark side here's your blue your green and your red with an occasional purple tossed in there yeah yeah, you got one guy with a purple but then you come to find out that there's also you know an orange a yellow a gray yeah a white a black like and yellow was actually in the extended universe before they removed it because leia had a yellow lightsaber but now she's not even jedi so fuck that noise did you read the bloodline did you did carla i assume carla might have read it the bloodlines book that just released no it's it's really good it covers the um the birth of the first order it's literally the entire thing is from princess leia's point of view that's it like luke's not in it han's in it for like two seconds it is all like political intrigue and it's her discovering like the remnants 
of these people who were like empire loyalists and there's this underground cartel that is just massive and it's growing under the senate's eyes because the senate is split between people who want basically laissez-faire like no like anarchy government basically and people who want like an empire central government and these two factions are locking the senate down and nothing's getting done and underneath it all is this force growing and it's the first order that's growing to try to re re you know bring the empire back to its yeah, former create glory a new regime and, like the empire and leia meet like leia and who's a populist which is kind of the the anarchist-esque people and a um i can't think of his name it's like it's like roslin or something like that he's a uh, he's a centrist senator sure and these two team up in an investigation of like this one thing going on and it, it's really 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 good book it's it's a quick read and it's super good and, and the end of it shows why there's a resistance and a republic like the end of the book is leia forming the resistance right because she just nothing gets done in the senate and so she's basically done with it like this is not working we need like there is clearly a military force out there that's going to wipe us all out we need to like form something again she gets like akbar back at the end yeah. she gets like akbar it's like a getting, trap. yeah it's a trap she gets like the republic funded or or supported resistance yes but she like she leaves the senate and is like this is my like we're gonna set up something right now and we're gonna fight back and like that's the end of the book is like her beginning the the resistance it's really really good nice it's an incredibly good read and it is it is canon now because all the stuff coming out now is is actually canon so it's really good i enjoyed it it was like i said it was a quick read i got it banging around here somewhere what's nowhere I think yeah, I think I saw it somewhere around. I think it's on that bookshelf right behind you. Actually, I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's it's a short read though. It's only like 250 to 300 pages, so it really doesn't take very long. And quick read. It was good. It was real good. It was very political intrigue. Like there's only a couple action scenes, and one of the X-wing fighters in Poe's um, X-wing squadron are is in this. Is it that it's Snap Wexley? Dude? No, it's not Snap. It's Joff C. Striker. Who's another just jet black haired human that you see in the in the movie? They oh, okay. just took like it was it was a neat neat idea because you've got a bunch of backstory on Poe now because of him being so popular. You've got a bunch of um, canon uh, backstory on Snap because of him being popular. Everybody knows because Nia Nub because is Snap the one that got the plans for Star Killer Base? Yes. Okay. Snap is the one who went and got the Star Killer Base plans. Um, you know Nia Nub because he was Lando's co pilot. Yep. Um, in the Millennium Falcon run in Episode Six, the Celestian, the pancake head guy. Um, then you've got <laughs> yes, drool. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you've got a bunch of other like non, like non known people, and so they were like, "Well, who's this guy?" And they just picked out like one of the humans, and they were like, "This is he's a Republic like Republic Ace, and that's what he is." And then he shows up in this book, and you see how he joins the Resistance like with Leia, and it's a neat like just a neat thing of just like instead of picking poe or picking snap or picking somebody we already know about they were just like here's another character you don't know so i liked it it was good cool was good. worth a read so all right i think i derailed you well enough yeah that was, <laughs> that was another i think the last time I almost, 35 minutes yeah the last time i tried to bring up deadpool was like the halfway point of not talking about deadpool like i guess which is fair i mean we do tend to let i mean we try to talk about something or if nothing else, small talk before the the main topic of the episode, but yeah. 
we, we touched a few different things. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I guess the question is, though, like, can you even name this episode now the Deadpool episode? Oh, we or can. Or is it going to be like the Deadpool episode no. at 37 minutes? Now, this, <laughs> is, this is probably not going to be the case here, but on our Game of Thrones episode, uh, usually it's like 40 minutes of pregame, and then it's like two and a half hours of Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah, oh my God. Well, so, because normally... Probably not going to happen here. Because normally we'll go, like, scene by scene, in-depth, crazy talk. With notes and, like, conjecture and all that we're stuff. We're just... We're a little more laissez-faire with this one. We're just laid well, back talking about yep. how much we love this. And I, I've uh, seen your notes. <laughs> yes, you have. You saw my Civil War notes for an upcoming episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Civil War sometime. Yeah. So, that's a thing. We have to. It's... It's so good. So, yeah, Deadpool. <laughs> Yay, first, Deadpool. Right. First so, off, how this movie came about is just great. Yes. So, Ryan Reynolds had a campaign for how long? Like, 11 years for this thing? <laughs> they, uh, not 11, but I want to say it's at least three to four, if not yeah. I mean, it's certainly after his travesty in X-Men oh, Origins Wolverine, he, he felt a need... And and then even more so after Green Lantern, I would have to say he no. felt a need to no. do, the, do the character that he loves most. Right? Do yeah. do they ever call him Deadpool in in Origins, or do they just oh, call yeah. him Wade? No, no, no. They they refer to him as the Deadpool. Oh shit. Okay. See, I was hoping that, like maybe they wouldn't say his uh, name. Just, and we could all just agree like no, that doesn't exist. No. It, no. E- <laughs> even furthermore, it's not even like they call him Deadpool. They call him the Deadpool. Like that's that's even. More uh, insult to injury on it. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to give him all these other fucking superficial powers that he doesn't have whatsoever. I mean, it was made abundantly clear in that movie. They had no idea what to do with the character or even how to approach the character of oh, Deadpool. No. They, they, they approached the character of Deadpool the same way that they did the original Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just kind of handed it to some oh, guy a- who was Ang like, Lee- oh, I don't know who this is. Let me just make something. Oh, Ang Lee's Hulk featuring yeah. Gamma Poodles? Yes. Yes. The the worst part about that is that the very beginning scene when they're in Vietnam, Ryan Reynolds there just as like Wade before he's Deadpool or anything is not the worst thing. It's no. not great, but it's not the worst like like I could I could see that being I, mean, I could see that being, you know, Deadpool transitioning in like from that. Yeah. And then they were just like, nope, Cliff. He's trying very hard to like breathe some life into a lackluster oh, sure. script. Oh sure. In that movie. But then they pretty much just took a character and did everything completely opposite of what you could do to a character. Like, it, of all the things to do to Deadpool that would probably be the most detrimental to that character, sewing the mouth shut. Yep. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> First of all, like, what purpose did that serve in the movie? Second of all, know. you know, it, it gave it gave it gave Stryker that line of like, I always told you I was gonna sew your mouth shut. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to hear your voice. That's literally the purpose behind the thing it, that so. makes you fun. But I guess yeah. what blows me away is okay. So now you've sewed his mouth shut. He has this regenerative property that you speak of, and oh yeah, now you also put large blades in his hands. Well, yeah, so. Yeah, like, like Baraka-style right, blades. Okay, so if I have knives for hands, and I have a sewn-together mouth... Yeah, I'm just going to open my, that back my, up real quick. Yeah. Let alone with a healing factor like he's got. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, so it's not like it's not going to immediately right out, just like, heal right back pointless. up. Yeah, alright. Good talk. So I'm just... Uh, I'm wondering, like, you know, why was there no foresight in that? 
just even just yeah, hey, try to resurrect the character. You know, he no. makes the joke, hey, I told you I'd sew your mouth shut, and then he just cuts his mouth open, and he's like, hey. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work, dick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Not so, the problem here. Yeah, so they so they get that movie happens um, to poor reviews. And then Ryan Reynolds, I want to say almost immediately from fan, um, from basically like the, the uh, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? Fan. You need to say reply, more words. San, The outcry. Backlash. Th- backlash. Oh. That's the word I was looking for. So from the fan backlash, he immediately starts like, we need to make a movie about this the right way. Yeah. So it was pretty much right after Wolverine came out that he was campaigning for it, at least in a small sense of like, yeah, we could do this the right way yeah, like, or not. I'm Canadian. I'm a Deadpool fan. I love this character more than any other in, in comics. Like, I want this to be someone, who, a character that served right as much as you do. Well, you know the way he found out about the character, right? No. In an old comic, like at the end of like the end of the 90s to early 2000s when Ryan Reynolds was like really coming into the the, the public eye, um, a Deadpool comic made a joke that Deadpool looks like Ryan Reynolds fucked a Sharpay. Okay. Which is why in Deadpool he makes the joke about being a fucked up Sharpay because he's already Ryan Reynolds. Right. So that's where the joke comes from and that's Ryan Reynolds, um, one of his friends read Deadpool and said, hey you're in this comic, like, there's a reference to you in this comic, and he read it and loved it and felt, quote-unquote, he was destined to play Deadpool from then on, and that's why he, like, pushed so hard for it. Sure. It was literally that comic of just an offhanded, like, joke about what Deadpool looks like. So. I think it's funny, too, though, like, once they got the whole movie idea pushed and rolling and things like that, that everybody made such a huge ordeal of it you know, it has to be a rated R movie and it's going to be groundbreaking because it's rated R. And there, there's been several other comic book movies that are rated R. Yeah. That sure. That didn't draw so much attention just due to that. Yeah. But, okay, no, in mean, agreeance, the I, movie did need to be. I mean, yeah. how are you going to take a character that usually shows up in like a Max comic, then tone it down to a pg or pg-13 it's not doable yeah well i mean if nothing else i'm I'm, this is just a general feeling thing but i I, it seems to me that deadpool must be the most bleeped character in marvel comics Mm, probably Uh, yeah yeah i assume so i mean sometimes wolverine is a little grumpy and and will you know haul off on somebody but deadpool just half the time just swears for fun well, yeah, because, I mean, half the time, like, if the guys don't know what joke to make for Deadpool, they'll just swear at the audience. Sure. Yeah. Because why not? So I, I would imagine he would be the most bleeped, but, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would assume a lot of that movie was rated R for, like, the gore and stuff. It was probably the fact that um, his girlfriend was riding him for the first quarter like, of that yeah, movie. Yeah, language and <laughs> yeah. sexuality, which actually <laughs> reminds me, when, when we were, I think is which which flight had... In, in flight movies, was it coming back from Miami, like Miami to JFK? Yes. Regardless, so. whichever, whichever one it was, I was like, "Oh, Deadpool's here." Wait, Deadpool on a plane? What is going to happen? Like, are they just going to cut away from every single sword swipe he takes or gunshot? No, all of the violence is left in. All of the language is left in. It's just the sexuality stuff. That's uh-huh. that's uh-huh. that's gone on the plane. Nice. So that's- it's just like them. Like this, okay. So there's them playing skee ball, him getting the ticket, and then asking, you know, what he can get for the Voltron ring, and then it's just them 
post sex montage Christmas like his proposal that scene it just goes right through it and you're like all right well now I see how this is on a plane right now well hmm. I guess you can't really touch your snake on a plane <laughs> that's true I mean it's frowned upon but you know Mile High Club and all that yeah yeah so yeah so all right. So this movie starts in right from the beginning. Like the credit sequence is just letting you know, this is just about straight up fun. Like it just yeah the the descriptions. It's not the actors' names. It's not their characters. It's uh, an overpaid tool is the yeah. is the first lead, and then a hot chick, a British villain, a moody teen, a CGI mm-hmm. character. So it a, goes through each of the characters. Yeah, yeah. But it's basically Deadpool's. Name of them. Yeah, Name for them. it's basically so, yeah. Deadpool so doing the credits. You get, yeah, it's you like get to see a nice. Somebody was just talking to you and saying, "Oh, just giving you a brief synapse of who this is." And hey. the, yeah, and this is where like you see the the Green Lantern trading card and crap like that, right? <laughs> yeah, so they're they're they're, sl- they're freeze framing through this car fight scene where yeah. you're like, "Oh, all right," and you're you're getting little pieces of it, and then it's just fun to see like. After we get the the cab ride with Dopinder and all that stuff, which is a, a good bit of fun, I, I, I enjoy all that. But then you go right into that highway fight scene, yes. and then see it all come together, and then freeze frame, and they're like, "Hey, remember the credits?" And then fast forward, people are getting eviscerated. Guy gets flown into road sign and mm-hmm. just turns and into splat. Goop. Yeah. The the, it was so smart of them to do what they did with that highway fight scene because that's what got the movie made. Um, because of the test footage that was made yes. from like 2011 that leaked and then you know took off like a shot. So they were smart because they were like, "Hey, this was incredibly popular. Let's make it the first half of our movie." <laughs> it really is. Well, it's yeah. even the nice thing too is so like I, I'm a huge advocate of trying to stay away from trailers, spoilers, yeah. things like that because. I don't want it to be ruined for me. You know, going back to the idea of, you know, the Phantom Menace, you know, you saw so many previews and you thought it was going to be amazing. Then when you had to go see it, you realized that everything that was in the preview was what was amazing. Yeah. Everything else is shit. Yeah. So it's a huge problem. So I try to stay away from them so that I'm surprised one way or another. Yeah. So when you walk in, you're getting it for the first time. Yeah. Right. The so, Batman know, v Superman <laughs> issue. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Doomsday. I mean, on, on top of just <laughs> on top of just quality of movie, just showing how your movie ends in your trailer yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it was nice to that you know within the first fifteen minutes of this movie, you've already seen the complete trailer basically. Yeah, gotten it out of the way. Yep. Now what the hell else is coming next? Because yeah. guess what? Nothing was ruined, pretty and, much. And it was smart of them to use it in in general because. That is something like it almost was a trailer for the movie with with how it was basically um, because it, it got so much you know so much attention in the public eye that it made the movie happen so yeah like throw it in the beginning of the movie like make an homage to like thank you fans you know this is like this is what got us here like you guys got us here cool now we can move on with an actual story yeah. and you know and get going into it and Absolutely. I mean it just it just gives you the feeling right off the bat both the test footage and the scene it eventually became just Deadpool sitting on the side of a highway making a shitty drawing listening to Salt and Pepper just like oh my god <laughs> we're just gonna have a good time for the next couple hours I gotta wonder how much Shoop came back in the like came back into the public eye from 
from this movie. Well, I, came I'll, back. Well, I'll, yeah, yeah, like it never went anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it got onto one of my playlists from this movie. Well, sure. I'll, I'll hand it to Marvel for both this one and Guardians of the Galaxy. Both movies went ahead and like resurrected oh, a whole bunch of songs. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. That a lot of people may or may not have forgotten about, but both soundtracks are just absolute dynamite you i mean put them on and just be happy i still play awesome mix volume one if i need to pick me up in the warehouse oh like my God, it's it's so go, much fun gonna play it right from I, the start absolutely. i'm almost as excited for the second guardians of the galaxy movie as i am for the soundtrack just for the soundtrack yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah just see what happens yeah just because the soundtrack will probably drop first before the movie will so just pick up the soundtrack first and then be like okay I, I'm <laughs> now what content. are they gonna do with this <laughs> <laughs> i'm content until the movie's here i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. good i'm good so, I mean, the one thing that, that got me with, with this Deadpool movie, and I kind of get how it works for, like, constructing a basic story, but Deadpool doesn't really have, like, a main love interest in the comics. He kind of just always hits on everyone, doesn't he? More or less? Well, he's he's had few. I mean, like, currently right now in the run that's going on, he has, I believe her name is Sirkla. Sirkla. She is the queen of the underworld. And it's his wife. He actually married her. Now, this isn't death, right? This is just the queen of the underworld. This is just the queen of the underworld. Different character, okay. Yes. But then, bringing up death, who yeah. would be another one, that is like the love of his life. However, uh, because it's also Thanos's love of his life, yes. right. he cursed Deadpool with immortality, pretty much. So he already had the regenerator regenerative properties but then thanos gave him immortality also <laughs> so now he's like completely fucked in one aspect i could say if you're just looking to try to die at some point yeah and uh now because of that he can't reconnect with death the only thing he can do is when he dies he gets to see her for a few seconds here or there and then he comes back to life and it's like <laughs> hey guess what teaser Mm-hmm. See now, you later. <laughs> now, so this is why, like, when his head comes off, he doesn't die, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, so like, Wolverine doesn't ever die because you basically can't chop his head off. You can't <sighs> do this kind of stuff to him because he's got the adamantium skeleton. So, question, if Deadpool was to actually get his head chopped off and didn't have Thanos' curse, would he die or would it regenerate? Uh, uh, Has it ever been gone into? He, it could potentially be that he could die. However, like in other universes, so like in the zombie verse, yeah. he is known as Headpool because that's all he is, is a head. <laughs> a head with surprisingly enough a little beanie that like lets him fly around. And uh, of course, like a little propeller hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And oh, uh, because his body is missing, he's lost like the drive to feed because he's not hungry right yeah, so he he's just a stomach there. so he's just yeah so he's just a head i mean he gets bitey from every now and then but <laughs> sure as you do <laughs> yeah when you're a zombie you know that's great <laughs> but it, it was definitely a fun read in the times because it, deadpool was trying to save the multiverse from himself essentially so he teamed up with girl pool, dog pool, head pool i remember dog pool kid pool and there's like a whole shitload of them and they all formed a super group of pools. <laughs> and uh, it was just, the oh, entire God. comic was pretty much a shit show. I mean, I even want to say that it was a part of the time when, uh, oh, jeez, what's his name? Uh, Hussein? 
Brian, Br- Brian Posehn. Br- yeah. yeah, he was writing for him for a while, and that was uh, oh, okay. that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that was the one where like the founding fathers came back like in zombie form and wanted to like kill everybody because it was so far from their vision, <laughs> and then Deadpool has to like go kill the founding fathers. It's yep. so great. Yep. I mean, I've not read any of these. Deadpool's even like successfully killed the entire like universe. Yeah, that I think that story was like he w- he was the only one that I mean as is typical in the comics he's the only one who knows he's in a comic right and he was just kind of enraged to everybody else going through these same motions knowing that it's all bullshit yep. it's just like i'm gonna put everyone out of their misery <laughs> and like his biggest uh, hardships during all that was killing himself and all the other universes because oh, okay. you know they knew it too so like they didn't want to die <laughs> he's decided to end it all and they're like no 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 wait hey, fuck you I have my own comic like, I don't want to die so. I'm having a great time over here <laughs> so oh, God. It, it almost became like a really screwed up version of the movie The One oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah gently yeah yeah Oh, man, that's I kind been of a oddly, long time going. Yeah, yeah, I kind of oddly still love that movie despite I mean, its you should. flaws. You yeah. should. If everybody likes Highlander, you should like the one as well. There can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, similar premise. I mean, yeah, that plus Jet Li's martial arts should yeah. be like a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. Yeah, no reason oh, to man. not like it. Oh yeah. So the movie, um, oh, God. So the movie did incredibly well. Are, are we assuming? Is there there is a sequel in the works, right? Absolutely. Yes. They, okay. they pretty much already launched off the sequel the second the movie ended. Okay. Yeah, because so they the had whole... that Ferris Bueller ending where he comes out That's of the bathrobe. Right. That's right. And then in addition to, you know, doing that little play on on the post credits Ferris Bueller scene, he then pops back out in the in the bathroom and basically tells the audience like, "Hey, we're working on." Oh yeah, Cable's going to be in the second one, right? Yeah, we have yeah. no <laughs> idea who it's going to be. I'm thinking. Dolph Lundgren, he gives one of the name Kira Knightley. Who knows? She's got range. <laughs> it's just so much. But but I, right. it really did set me in motion thinking like pretty immediately like, man, who would my cable be? And I think honestly, five, ten years ago, I would have said Bruce Willis. I, I honestly don't think he would be into it right now. I don't think I could get him to do it. I don't think I could get him to do it in my mind. Sure. I, I think, I can't remember his name. The uh, guy from Sons of Anarchy, he's the uh, oh Ron Perlman. Yes, yes. 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 He's I think he's expressed interest in doing it too. That would be good because he was also Hellboy. Yep. I mean, just like if you look at his features, if you look at his body stature, his structure, yep. things like that, you know, he would fit right into where he could be in in this in this universe. You know, yes. you throw about three thousand pounds of guns on him, and <laughs> a metal a arm, metal and, a arm and, and hey, boom, <laughs> you, you, we're good. Got we're absolutely cable. good at this point. Um, him and and Dolph Lundgren actually did say like he would he'd happily do it if if anybody came to him with it. Man, I I feel like I, Dolph Lundgren would be hard pressed to outact Ron Perlman for some of the stuff they would. Oh need. sure, oh sure. But one thing about Dolph Lundgren that a lot of people don't actually know, he's incredibly smart. He's a master's degree in chemical engineering. Like, incredibly smart. So it's yeah. not, it's not like, but, he plays the dumb character, because, like, you know, the Expendables or the, the Rocky sure. Four. Like, that's the character he always has to play, because that's just what but, he's been good at. But here's the thing, though. If you, if you want to cast him as Cable, the problem is, is Cable's a superhero. Yeah. And when you see Dolph Lundgren, all you can think about is Apollo. <laughs> Apollo Creed, you killed Apollo Creed, you fuck, you fuck. 
fucking ruined that movie, god hey, damn no. it. Hey, no, Rocky beat him later on. He didn't kill him. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> there was not enough retribution there. <laughs> and I don't want to sit through a fucking Deadpool movie where I have to worry about Dolph Lundgren killing Deadpool. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so... Oh man! Fuck Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the the biggest things with this movie for me is just the self-effacing jokes throughout. Oh sure, making the. I I saw the movie three times in in theaters. Yeah. So I saw it, I think once with my brother, once with an ex girlfriend, and um, once with I don't know. I might have just gone and seen it myself because I was just bored and wanted to do something one day. And. The line that every single time in that movie gets me is when he punches Colossus, <laughs> punches him the first time, and his wrist breaks, punches him the second time, and both wrists break, and he just flips around to the camera, both wrists flopping, and just says, of all the dinosaurs, the T-Rex is the most feared. And he's just, like, flipping his wrist. so good. That line, every single time I've watched the movie, including now that it's out, like, on Blu-ray and stuff, I know it's coming, and I whatever it is, like, whatever I'm doing, I have to stop and just watch the movie for that one, like, two-minute section. Yeah. Because it's just fucking hysterical. <laughs> oh, but, it is. I mean, even more than that. I, I mean, like, the, the more meta jokes, like, the Ryan Reynolds jokes, the other Deadpool movie jokes, yeah. the Green Lantern jokes, Hugh Jackman jokes. <laughs> the, the Wh- Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my own movie? <laughs> it rhymes with Wolverine. It rhymes with Wolverine. Or the, the, the Patrick Stewart one. Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> which Xavier is it? McAvoy or Stewart? <laughs> His timelines are confusing. <laughs> it's so, oh, my God. It's just so much fun, to begin, oh, fun sure. from beginning to end. And then, oh, man, there's, there's so much. The the running joke of Ajax slash Francis. Yeah. Just the what's my name and the, di- <laughs> the dish soap. The it, I, there's just. So, fourth, it's just fourth wall break inside of a fourth wall break. That's like 16 <laughs> walls, man. It's great. It's relentless. They. They Funny. did such a good job capturing the fourth wall break to a non-abusive extent. Like, yeah. he never does it until he becomes Deadpool, which is great. Like, anytime you're seeing him as Wade, he never stops and looks at the camera. Like, when he's Wade. Yeah, because Wade tends to be in the scenes where he's interacting with other people, and he doesn't really seem to do it too much with people around or like a scene where something actually extent, happening. he does it with the blind chick a whole bunch. Like almost the whole scene with her, he's talking to us instead of her, and she just thinks he's talking to him. <laughs> well, that's because him and Blind Al they have a extreme love hate relationship between yes. the two of them. Well, I mean, and most people have a love hate relationship with Deadpool. Period. Yeah, but no, this is like to fruition. Like she tries to kill him several times, and he like. He doesn't try to kill her, because obviously he can just do it whenever he needs to. Yeah. But, like, he enjoys torturing the absolute <laughs> shit out of her. You know, like, the scene, you know, some people who may not have known it when they first saw it with Blind L when he's walking around the apartment and the Roomba's going, isn't overly funny. But if, to me, knowing what the characters were, the second that I saw it, I started laughing, because I was like, <laughs> wow, that's so fucked up. You know, he's, I know whose house he's at. He's at Blind L's house. And he's screwing with her by getting a Roomba that he's decorated <laughs> with all this kind of shit on it to make it even more difficult to walk around. And this thing's just silently 
motoring around the house <laughs> and he's hoping that she's gonna step on it and kill herself well sure i mean just the just the statement at the end like okay the whole conversation about the furniture is hysterical oh. <laughs> anything's better than the birth doll <laughs> <laughs> and then when he's getting the like guns for the loadout and at the end he's he just like drops oh. the casual i've hidden the cure for blindness somewhere in the apartment no, 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 no. <laughs> just, like, there's there's two what is it there's two thousand grams of cocaine somewhere in the house right next to the cure for blindness right next to the cure for blindness <laughs> <laughs> just like casually drops it at her even better than that i was thinking about it like like getting ready to come here there's two moments where Deadpool gets loaded for bear in mm-hmm. this in this movie, and he forgets the guns both fucking times. <laughs> he's like, God <laughs> damn it! Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, but I mean, ev- everything they did in this movie was so well done to the comics. Um, I can't think of the name of the bar. It's, it's that the home for misfits. There, I can I cannot think of. It's like oh, Saint Agatha's or something that, like that. Something I, like that. I, yeah. But even that is from the comics. Like ev- everything they did was really well in line with things from the comics, yeah. while actually retaining its own originality, which is so not like Fox movies to do. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have a feeling that there's a lot to do with Ryan Reynolds in that aspect. Oh, I'm I sure. I think, like, yeah. once he saw how hardcore they derailed the first original appearance of Deadpool, yeah. that he said, listen, if you guys screw this up again, you're going to bury this character like you have with so many other characters at this point. I'm going to guide your hand on this one. This is how we're going to do it. And if we don't do it this way, don't expect me to be in this. And oh yeah, I'm kind of glad and thankful that that may be the way he actually approached it because due to that, we have a very successful movie out on our hands at this point. Oh yeah. sure, and oh god, yeah. I'm you know, and I mean, at the mouth at this point. To I see mean, the second one, the production notes throughout, like when when he goes to Xavier's mansion, it's like it's so weird. I only ever see the two of you. It's almost like we couldn't afford Any, to have yeah. anyone else in this movie. <laughs> Like, the studio didn't give us enough money. Well, even funnier yet, I just finished reading uh, the most recent Deadpool that just came out. And in it, uh, Wade, he's actually hanging out with Spider-Man. And he finds out that they are having, like, they're creating a movie of Deadpool. And, you know, he wants to go see it type of thing. So on his way to the production company to go check it all out, he ends up running into the producer, and the producer even, like, tells him, you know, hey, you know, this is what we got going on. He goes, oh, well, you know, I'd like to be in it. He goes, well, the only way we can go ahead and afford to keep you in this movie if you want to stay is we're just going to have to find, like, two pop-up co-stars that could be with you. And he's like, oh, okay, well, who can it be? He goes, ah, oh, who knows? We'll just go ahead and get, put something together, some cheap guy, maybe something CGI. <laughs> so like, they, they made another reference to the movie that's already been created right. in the current comic to a storyline of a movie being made of Deadpool's life. So it's like a fourth wall within a fourth wall within a fourth yeah. wall within a fourth wall. I was kind of I was kind of hoping when you said it was Deadpool and Spider-Man that they would have a conversation where Deadpool's like, "So how bad does your studio have to fuck up for Marvel to buy you back?" Cuz that's kind of all I want. He he doesn't say something like that, but he does go ahead and comment something around the lines of how to go ahead and kill a character and how to go ahead and just continuously rehash it until nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> so he he's on point with it. He's always current with whatever's going on, too. I mean, we've got to be at the point now where Fox has fucked up enough that Marvel should be looking at taking Fantastic Four back, right? Um, n- n- no. 
because it. because Fox is doing so well with the X Men movies, they're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of Fantastic Four. That's true. Spider Man so was kind of the only thing that Sony had. Spider Man was to. the only thing that's that. Um, Spider Man was the only thing that Sony had, and s- they wanted Spider Man so badly for Civil War that Marvel went to him and was like, "What is it going to take?" And Sony, Sony worked with them. Like Fox is not willing to do that, and Marvel right now does not want the X Men nearly as much yeah. as they wanted. Like Spider Man is one character, right? Yeah. So you can say like, "We'll give you this much money. We'll help you make movies for this character. We'll help you do this. We'll help you do that." And then Sony can say like, "Absolutely, we get all the money from this, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, you do." And Sony's like, "Cool, free money. Gonna do that all day long." If they were yeah. to try to get X Men or Fantastic Four, that's a collection, and that's uh, it's a god that would be just a bonkers agreement to try to try to get well, set. I've never been a huge Fantastic Four fan by any means. However. What they've done to the movie is just—it's terrible. Oh, that you movie was abysmal. It. You don't have abysmal. To, you don't have to be a big Fantastic Four fan at all <clears throat> to know that they should be better than what they've been in in cinema. Oh, yes, far far and away for sure. Oh yeah, I I mean just even <clears throat> changing the dynamic of some of the characters, you know Johnny Storm and Sue Storm no longer being brother and sister, like you've essentially just destroyed uh oh they, they were backstory. brother and sister they were just adopted brother and sister oh, oh, like don't oh, don't you worry yeah. hey they made a point to to mention that like well, twice thanks for clearing that up yeah. i hope the uh, next spider-man out <laughs> is I, the clone wars then did i tell you did i ever end up telling you austin that i went against your recommendation and full plot summary of that yeah. movie and watching it yeah and you were 100 percent right it's yep. insane to me that at no point during that movie including the end when they actually do kind of work as a team do they ever seem to like each other they let alone never, see each other as a family once. that's i mean that that is the whole dynamic of the fantastic four is that they are a family and they have family issues that was i mean that was like what revitalized marvel back in the 60s or like end, end late 50s early 60s was they retooled the fantastic four released it as these are superheroes with problems they're superheroes that have family problems but at the end of the day they're always a family together like that's that's how they are they did not once yeah treat each other like that like first 40 it's an hour and a half long movie did you see it i couldn't sit through it okay it's an hour and a half long movie first 45 minutes is them getting their powers yep they get their powers we've already told that story which yes in, a, in yep. probably a better way than definitely a better way because in the in the newest one, they go Sue to isn't some... even in. Sue doesn't go with them. No, Sue is Sue is still on this plane of existence yeah. or whatever. And then now, I'll I'll give them this. I felt like Doom was a lot better in this one than he was in the other one. His motivations. I mean, when you saw him. Well, well, that's the thing is, his powers felt better in this one than they did in the other one. In the other one, he just, like, shot lightning bolts. Well, in the other so, one, he was also part of the whole cosmic thing, and yeah. he never was. Correct. So, so I mean, so, both, both movies have screwed up on either plane. Oh, Doom has been a a frightfully underserved character. Yeah. Oh, my God. Frightfully underserved. Um, oh my God. But, so it goes 45 minutes, they get their powers finally, right? <laughs> and then you just get a screen... <laughs> You get a screen that says one year later yeah. after Reed Richards busts and, out of containment and leaves Ben. Well, not even... I mean, 
not even so much about the circumstances of, of where the characters are in terms of like logistically what just happened and all that. It's you really are going basically. Okay, so the Fantastic Four get their powers. So fast forward a year. Don't worry about them adjusting at all. Yep. Just go to that. They have it yeah, under control. They've got it. Like we've done it. Congratulations. They have their powers now. Now I, I am a person that enjoys enjoys powerful heroes okay i like it's one of the reasons like a lot of my anime that i like when the when the good people are powerful and can basically run train on the bad guy i'm happy with it i like a superhero that can just fuck up the bad guy i like that that's that's a personal thing but i like that this movie did that so wrong because you spend 45 minutes getting to their powers and then they're just like, okay, and now they have control of it. You don't do that. If right. you're going to spend 45 minutes getting them their powers, they need to struggle with said powers. Like, that's... You can't spend this much time not having powers and then just be like, okay, they've got them. Like, we're good. Here's powers. Now they're going to have, like, family issues that are really un underserved to oh you. Oh, it's it was... God, it was bad. It was just... It was... A, abysmal that, all right that's way more time than that movie deserves being talked about one at, last at, at all one last thing even negatively one last thing about doom now that they're making a doctor strange movie it is even sadder that they underserve doom in the way that they underserved him yeah that's kind of what that's one because of my favorite dynamics they have doom and strange together absolutely one of the best dynamics well like maybe they're going to go ahead and pull it full swing and at some point or another doom will be in a strange movie and you know, could be more in line with what he should be in the first place. The problem is, in order to do that, Fox has to give Marvel. Yeah, Fox Doom. has to play along. Oh, I know. Because I he's know. a part of that. So, I mean, I I would like to see them do that. I would like to see Marvel say, you know what, we need Doom as a villain. Let's get Doom. Like you keep the fucking Fantastic Four. Let's get Doom, and he can just be an issue in a movie. And I'd like, to, I'd be fine with that. If you yeah. have a Stephen Strange movie where Doom is an issue, and you might have the Avengers team up with Strange to combat Doom, sure, I'd be fine with that. And the cool thing about it, like you were saying before, where they could make a easier deal with just going after one character. Yep. You know, to go after just Doom, they might be able to steal him too. Because if the current holders are like, oh well, he sucked in all the movies we had him in, so yeah, you could take him. Yeah. Well, yeah, because. You fucking ruined you him. You fucking ruined him. So now we're going to go ahead and make him a black magic mystic yep. and amp him up. And hey, guess what? He's going to be one of the most fearful people on the planet I, again. I, I would be so fine if they did kind of what they did with Spider-Man, where I don't need an origin story for him, okay? Yeah. Just have Doom be the ruler of Latveria, have somebody fucking with Latveria, and then have him become the issue in yeah. that manner. Like, he keeps to himself in Latveria for the most part. Until somebody fucks with him. Yeah. Once somebody fucks with him, he's about ready to blow up the world. Like, that's that's his well, that's, character. Well, I mean, yeah. not even that, but Doom is just a, a fun character to have come into any story, especially a crossover, because everybody can have their own motivations. I know what Doom is going to do. Doom is going to try to take all the power for himself and dominate the globe. Yeah. And, and you would think that would be boring, but he always has an interesting... And he usually does it. <laughs> at, sure. At, at some point in every story, like, oh shit, Doom won. And then it becomes yeah. about how do we undo A this crazy war thing. war against Doom bots. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, he's, he's such a, a magnificent character. And you would... Again, you would think he's one note, but... The, the dimensions that you get to play with, sadly, 
the the thing that you lose about Doom having him be in a crossover type situation is he's got two motivations. Well, okay, three. Dom- domination, ruling yeah. everything, his hate for Reed Richards, his love for Sue Storm. Yeah. Those and, three and things. And number four, finally getting all that armor off to touch your dick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's it's real tough. Yeah, being pissed off about your fugly face. But he's got sorcery, so he could use sorcery to jerk himself off. So he's got that. And we're back to the force choke And we're choke back thing. to the force choke auto-erotic <laughs> asphyxiation. We got it. Full circle, boys. We did it. Let's call it a day. Oh David Carradine will be proud. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I miss him so much. So, oh, God. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I would be interested to see where they go with with Strange and Doom and them. See, Hopefully, maybe they can do something with it. But I liked, like I was saying, I liked the way they did Spider-Man. They just said, like, hey, Iron Man knows this kid in Queens who's, you know, a hero. And he's... he's friggin' you know broke and like he should be with peter parker so not to get into civil war but i would like to see them do that with doom just kick it in there like that it's very it's very simple honestly when when the writing is good and the the entire production team is focused on making something work very well and and smartly interwoven into a story that it 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 really isn't i mean maybe it is and we're just seeing the end result of it but it doesn't look that hard to not fuck up comic book movies it really shouldn't be no i mean it really depends on who you've got helming it too i mean fox is just in it for the for the money basically whereas you've got disney who knows what the shit they're doing and they're like who is like who who can we get to sell this and build this correctly joss whedon we can get joss whedon to combine all these other things that have been okay or decent movies yeah. Or Iron Man, which was very good. Um, and we can have him take these characters that may have been underserved in their own movie, combine them in the right way, and build something out of it. And they fucking did. Yeah, and I feel like Joss Whedon's job was the with the Avengers was just give us the feeling of the Avengers. Because for the most part, it's a sure. pretty basic plot. But yeah. just have my Iron Man and Captain America conversations feel right. Have Thor and the Hulk feel correct standing side by side and joss whedon is invested in the characters enough to know like this is how they bounce off each other and that's that's really it's the character work that when people don't know the characters and they're just seeking to make a a superhero movie for the money that comes along with it because people like those characters that's that's when all of the mistakes occur and to joss whedon's credit and and to the writer's credit for these guys, and to, this is how I'm going to swing this back into Deadpool. So Joss Whedon and and them let bad guys be bad guys in these movies. Yeah. Now there's a marginal amount of infighting you'd expect between like Iron Man and Cap clash. You know, sure. Thor and Cap get along. Like these characters have very very opposing personalities. They would clash. But they let there be an overarching enemy, right? So in in the original Avengers, it was the Chitauri. So there is something that is out of this world that cannot be explained, is not directly tied to one of the characters, and is just the bad guy. Team up, go at it. With Deadpool, it was Francis. So there is an overarching bad guy that you get to have Deadpool fight. I hate... Like, it's one of the problems that X-Men Wolverine had, was all of a sudden Deadpool becomes the bad guy. Yeah. Like, 
that's one of the problems with that movie is there isn't a clear-cut villain in said movie. And same with Fantastic Four. It's, it's like, marginal infighting, the government sometimes, now it's doom. Like, it, it doesn't... There isn't... There isn't a, a, a clear line that I need to know of, like, that is the bad guy right there. Right. Which makes it so much easier to understand, like, good guys, bad guys, good guys, beat up bad guys. Go. And honestly, it's, it's so simple in Deadpool. It, it makes it very clear... Wade Wilson, before and after his transformation, he's not the greatest guy. He's he's still like this murder man. <laughs> but there's but it's so simple. Just have Francis be a fucking dick that you yeah. want to die basically from a the first dick. moment you see him, Absolutely. and you're good. Yep. Well, I mean, in, in most comic books, as it is, <clears throat> that's the the driving feature of it is you know you you have a protagonist and antagonist and you go at it. That's yeah. pretty much it. You, you don't have all these other twists and turns. Granted, there are some comics that, in a storyline, you will catch that. But if it's going to be especially a one-shot, which, in all essence, most movies almost should be a one-shot or like just a five-part series I mean, turned they should, into a movie. Yeah, they should be yeah. looked at that way at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you're truly trying to go for congruency from movie to movie, which sort of are with the whole Infinity thing. But... Otherwise, yeah, have a clear defined supervillain that everybody's going to hate throughout the entire movie. Yep. Go after him, finish it out, and let's move on. Yes, yeah. You know, let the villain lick their wounds, come back a different day, but we'll yep. worry about that later I mean, on. For the most part, phase one of the Marvel movies was more or less prepared to say, like, all right, this is standalone. Like, until a post credit scene plays in those in those that first run of movies, you're, you're totally okay with being like, oh, they made a Thor movie. It wasn't that good, but I, you know, it works. Yeah. They they put Thor on screen. See, I like the Thor movies because I'm a big fan of Thor. Like my brother's a, my my brother's favorite hero is Thor, so I've had a lot of time. Yeah, with I, Thor, I like the first one reasonably well. Dark World got a little muddied. Dark World I got thought. a little muddied, sure. Um, but it was it was in general good. Um, with Deadpool, I, I they unfortunately couldn't do that because Fox was so skittish with it. That they couldn't just make him a part of the X Men universe. Like, yes, he went to West. Like, he went to Westchester, New York. Yes, he went to the X Men Manor. He only got to see Colossus and and Negasonic Teenage Warhead yeah. the whole time. And he does comment on it, which is like cool. Like, he is a part of that universe. You can clearly see he's a part of that universe. But Fox cannot commit at that point to be like, yes, Deadpool is a part of our X Men universe. And it would have been hysterical to me. If and now the timelines are kind of wonky because Colossus is clearly not in Apocalypse, right? Um, but it would have been hysterical to me to just have Ryan Reynolds make a cameo in that, maybe in like an after credit scene or something, of just just Deadpool showing up, being like, "Yep, I'm in this universe," and just him yeah. saying that would have been. Well, just... I mean, <laughs> Apocalypse is so just throughout, just oh, this is dark and it's, a battle. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, Brian Singer pulling his Zack Snyder on us, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yes. Like, after the credits, just be like, I'm back, y'all! Like, that, that would <laughs> Coming to Deadpool like, 2! Be like, hey, man, I'm really glad I stayed all the way through that, the X-Men yeah. apocalypse. Yeah. Instead, we got credits. a, instead we got a Mr. Sinister uh, post-credits yeah. post scene. I was still okay with that. Yeah, I was yeah. too. I, I was too if they tie him into Gambit, because Gambit's my favorite X-Men, so I'd yeah. like to see that. I think it would have been better if they rolled this sinister first then into apocalypse yeah sin sinister but, yeah. isn't as much well, of a bad guy i feel me. like post days of future past 
the X the X Men universe as they left it wasn't ready to handle the apocalypse situation. No, and like I said, I'll give I'll give them this. They finally did a decent job making me feel like apocalypse was not adequately powerful, but was powerful in that last like fight where yeah. you've got Magneto throwing like the world's worth of metal at him. You've got him having a straight full on mental like fight with Xavier. You've got Jean Grey kind of like poking around at him. Cyclops is going full mega optic blast on him. Beast is trying to hit him like you do have like the most powerful X-Men all going ham on him at the same time. So like that was the moment I think I was even in the theater. I was like, "Okay, like they sold me on him." Like at, th- at that point was the point where I was sold on Apocalypse, which is unfortunate it was the whole movie, but like that's the point at which I was like, "All right, that's a badass like that is a badass guy." Whereas Thanos so far has he's just, I'm just sold on him right from the start of like the Chitari, we saw what the Chitari do. They serve him. We saw right. what Ronan does. Ronan is nothing compared to Thanos. Like, Thanos laughed at the idea of Ronan even using an Infinity Stone. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this motherfucker's gonna get six of them, or five of them. Like, fuck that noise. Like, that's a badass He's character. Gonna try for six. Try yeah, for six. I assume by the end of the first movie, he'll have it. Gotta be. I, I Poor will Vision. say, like, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Wars, Infinity Crusade, uh, those are probably some of my most favorite storylines in all of Marvel. Uh, obviously, you know, X titles are mm-hmm. definitely high up there, but all of that Infinity stuff was just mind-blowing when it all happened. Yeah. To watch not only, like, some of your favorite characters, but all characters. Every Marvel character you know oh, yeah. die in between two issues. <laughs> mind-blowing, especially <laughs> when you're, like, a teenage kid. Like, it's just, oh, my God, yeah. I can't believe this just yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. Then to watch them all get re-resurrected and then killed again. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it, you know, at, at one point you're just realizing, you know, he's doing this for fun. He's doing this to show that he is the supreme being. And you have to wonder to yourself, like, how many more of these can I read? Because I, I, I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> They're just going like, to keep killing him. Like, I don't know if I can see him just die ten more times or anything like that. <laughs> Not again, Cap. How, Not again. How are they going to win? Like, this, this is impossible. Like, it, it was pretty epic to see it all so like oh sure as they keep as of lately kind of like touching on it Mm -hmm. trying to like bring it back because you know obviously they're trying to gear up towards the movie yeah it's just it's pretty cool to see it all gearing back up again because it's like oh oh careful yeah there's there's about to be some real big shit about to happen i have to imagine that ragnarok is gonna set a big stage for thanos maybe because they really didn't do much with him in not at all civil war at all nope. or age of ultron really the, like we barely even got anything of infinity stones and in, yeah i mean in, the only age of ultron war. thing was we got it verified that the thing inside of loki's scepter was the mind gem mm-hmm. now that's inside of vision and then the post credits thing thanos grabs the gauntlet so we now know he has it yes did you see though the deleted scene with thor uh so thor yeah, goes, that to goes that a cave. bit more into the ragnarok it's not the ragnarok and, stuff it's thanos it's all Thanos exposition, oh, yeah. and they just cut it out of the movie, which is really unfortunate. It's like a 15-minute scene of him going to the Fates, right? and him having this, like, I'm going to surrender myself to the Fates to learn more and try to break out of it. And that's what Eric Selvig was there for, was to try and stop him if he, yeah. if he got really surrendered to them. It really was unfortunate, because that scene with him in the pool, with yeah. Heimdall and all that stuff, seemed kind of out of place, like... 
that that was something where it was either like do a better job with it or toss the whole thing. And it's Joss Whedon said himself like this is the one scene I didn't want to cut and it ended up getting cut. Like it is the introduction to the Infinity Gems, it's the introduction to the Gauntlet, it's the introduction to Thanos, like all of it was in that scene yeah. where he's he gives him he gives like his life force to the fates to show the future to him. And the future he sees are the six Infinity Gems coming together in the gauntlet on Thanos' hand. Right. Like, he gets all of it right then and there. And inst- instead, in the uh, <clears throat> in the direct, in the deleted, like, the director's cut that ended up coming out, or the theatrical cut, um, it's just basically like, here's a little rock, real quick, okay, oh, that was an Infinity Stone, like, that's all it gave yeah. you. And so he like, had to go back to, back to Asgard to figure that out. Yeah, as of mm. right now, the best explanation most strictly movie watchers have is from guardians it's yes. just hey there are these stones they're yep. super powerful the, it used to take celestials to wield them yeah and now so we oh god this is i mean shit we've been way yeah, let's turn into time. a marvel podcast which is fine let's yeah. do it but i mean <laughs> we've seen four stones now right uh we tesseract have aether tesseract aether the, the power mind. gem and the mind stone yeah so yes so, so we're still missing I mean, now the tesseract was the. I assume that's the space gem space because gem, it yes. opens up a portal. It was the space gem. Then we got the mind gem, the power gem, and the aether was. I want to say someone told me that that's the reality gem, but that seems a little. I think it was because that's off. why they needed like the, the, the sinking of the worlds there. I can't think of what it's called. Yeah, the, I mean, they had that, the the aligning the alignment of the, all the different realms. The, the the nine realms or whatever to to kind of get the aether to work out <laughs> i right. type in what infinity gems and it just says the uh um it just says what infinity gem is the aether because everybody's curious about that one yeah because everything else makes sense except for the aether again bad job thor the dark world i don't i don't get what you were trying to show me there because now if the purple one is just power that was what I was trying to explain the Aether away as. Like, okay, it's just vaguely power. Sure. And they have gone a different route with it in the movies where the colors are completely fucked up, so you can't even say, like, red is this. Right. Um, because red in that is power gem. In Guardians, it's stated that it, that's purple. In the comics, the purple one is the space gem, which is the Tesseract. And the blue one is the mind gem in the comics, which is the yellow one. So yeah. they've, they've gone so like so off base with it on the coloring that you can't even say like that. So, I mean, and that brings up another question to me. Okay, so we've already discussed that they like to go ahead and take the background stories of these comics and change them into whatever they need to fit in the movie. But, like, did we really need to change the color of the gems? Did we really need to change like what they are? Like, yeah. What significance does this gain you by doing that? Could you hold on to one little piece of fandom and just keep that consistent with what it actually is in the comics? Yeah. The only the only thing that's even close is is the cosmic cube usually blue? Yes. Yes, it is. I feel like they tried to like double down on that, and now it's kind of stemmed well, out. The and tesseract become... and the cosmic cube are two different things in the comics, are they not? Yes. They are right. Yep. Uh, okay. I didn't yeah. see. I didn't. Honestly, I th- I think the cinematic universe was the first mention I saw of the Tesseract. I was familiar with the Infinity Gems, and I was f- familiar with the Cosmic Cube. But well, that's it, the, I ca- I kind of thought the Tesseract was like a new, bogus name that they were using to not say Cosmic Cube. Well, the, there's another thing that kind of bothers me about this whole portion too. So you have 
all the Infinity stuff that's happening now, which you've already gotten in a Civil War, you've already gotten in the Age of Ultron, uh, obviously currently the uh, Age of Apocalypse is going on. The, the problem that I have with it, all this is, yes, these are storylines that have come out of Earth 6... What is it? 636, I believe it is. 616? Six, six, 616 is, six, is the us. comic. Yes. Yeah, that's us. Marvel Cinematic Universe is Earth... <clears throat> um, 199,999 in case anybody's curious according to uh, the Marvel wiki okay <laughs> there you go that's well, strange I'm glad that's cleared off oh, that'll be easy to say every time we have to say right it. like yeah <laughs> well like, on earth 199,999 thank you and uh, one wait. quintuple nine in case you're curious <laughs> 200,000 minus one that's how I'm going about 2K it 2k minus one I like it there That'll work. 200k minus one, sorry. Yeah, 200k minus one. Well, regardless. Yeah. So, as far as storylines go, all of these other things predate to, say, Civil War. Which, to me, if you had had things such as Age of Apocalypse, the Infinity Wars, uh, so on and so forth, all come out before the Civil War, that when Civil War then does come out, it has so much more bearing on it. Because now these guys are all, like, weathered veterans. They're yeah. not, like, newly grouped teams that have only been together for a couple of years or so on. You know, you're talking about people that have been this superhero icon for years upon years upon years. And that gives it so much more of, like, that heavy feel. You know, yeah. when you're reading the comics of uh, Captain America versus Iron Man, and you're watching these two icons slug it out in the comics... It was so much more epic to me than it was in the movie. Movie was good. I liked it, yeah. and it was pretty cool to watch. But nowhere near as powerful of a message as what the comics actually did. Well, you know, at the end of the comic, when uh, you know the the climax between Cap and Iron Man hits, trying not to ruin anything for anybody who hasn't seen it, you put that comic down, and you're just like, whoa. Like, oh sure, yeah. Shit has hit proverbial fan at this point. Yeah. Well, not only that. Oh my god. But I mean, the advantage that that the comic over the movie had is just this even wider array of characters for you to bring in. So you can have Thor, who was gone in the comics, suddenly appear and then kill Goliath, and you're just wait, what? Yeah. Thor is a murderer of a hero. What yeah. is what's happened here? Well, he doesn't kill him. Ragnarok yeah. kills it. Yeah. Well, I no. It, you mean in Civil War? Yeah. No, that that is it's Thor that is a a clone that Mister Fantastic made to approximate Thor because Thor still hasn't returned. Right, but he's called Ragnarok in that. Oh, that's what they named that version. Yes. Oh, okay. So they named that version of Thor Ragnarok. That kills Goliath. Yeah. And then later Thor returns much later. Yeah, I I just liked. I mean, again, like, the breadth of characters kind of brings about Civil War in the comics is these, there are so many C and D level heroes that now they're reality stars and they just have a camera crew following them, busting, like, some, you know, some hope, they think, even lower level villains in their hideout, but oh shit, Nitro's there, and now there's this disaster that the government finally decides, okay, enough is enough. You're, yeah. You're playing ball with us, finally. Okay, so, um, to kind of kick back a little bit, um, we have now seen in the comics, or in the movies, we have seen the Space Infinity Stone, which is the Tesseract, 
the Mind Infinity Stone, which is Loki's Chitauri Scepter, the Reality Infinity Stone, which is the Aether, and then the Power Stone, which is the Orb. So yes, like those are I the mean, four we have. So we're missing the Soul and the Time. Uh, and it is theorized, according to this article I am reading, and I can see it happening, that the Soul Gem will show up in Strange, in Doctor Strange, and the so. Time Gem could show up in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, possibly how Star-Lord meets his father. Maybe. So that I, would... that would. Yeah, I, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised then if uh, in Doctor Strange you might also get somewhat of a like Adam Warlock cameo. Oh, sure. I mean, Adam Just, Warlock oh, sure. is very important to do. I mean, his cocoon was in Guardians One. Like yes. that's that's a that is a known fact. The cocoon was in Guardians One, and it was broken open post power gem explosion i'm just disappointed in in that representation of something as powerful as the reality gem what with the either for the dark world to be fair they did do a good job showing how powerful it is but they did a bad job showing it being utilized powerfully right showing the aspect of the Show, power that's yeah, being represented like they did a poor job with that for like, sure and that's why i say i was i was confused and thought of it as the power gem because that's all it looks like in the dark world is just this scary, powerful thing. One thing that I'm not a big fan of that Thor of the Dark World did was the fact that Jane Foster could just withhold the Aether. Like Oh, contain it with it. Yeah, like her. a huge like with it being given, an infinity stone. Given she had a lot of issues with it, like fainting and a whole bunch of, you know, like personal issues with trying to maintain sure, reality. But then we go to the Guardians of the Galaxy where the power gem nearly tears Peter Quill apart on his own. Yeah, on his own. Like, it was going to. That wasn't a question until, like, every one of the Guardians got there. Drax being a genetically modified, like, Rocket being genetically modified, Groot being probably one of the most powerful beings in existence. Groot is <laughs> vaporized by that point already, though. It's Oh, he was just like a stick in Rocket's hand, right? That's I mean, right. not even then. I don't think he had picked the stick up yet, but it was... That's yeah. true. So, I, I like that the way that Groot figures out which one to regrow himself is whichever one Rocket picks. Like, sure. whichever stick that Rocket picks up, because he's got a little bit of him in all of his pieces when he, when he explodes. So whichever one that Rocket decides on and puts in a pot of soil is the one that he chooses to grow from. Yeah. Like, okay. I like it. I can dig it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Whether in comics or movies, I would like it to see clearly defined Groot's consciousness. Yeah. How it, how it um, there was goes a comic I, so long ago. Um, there was a comic where you get to see Groot like a thousand or like a million years into the future because he's still alive and he's just like the tree of life at that point. Like he's grown into like the tree of life that like sustains the universe. That would be. It, it was a really neat panel, and I can't remember what was going on. He was talking to one of the, like, one of, a, a hero about, wonder, like, existence. I wonder if, were they trying to say it was Yggdrasil? Oh, I don't know or about that, really, but, like, he just kind of was, like, yeah, I'm sure they were. Without but, saying it. Yeah. But he was, like, he was, like, in this, like, celestial plane where he was just a tree in this plane. Um, like, he was planted. He was not moving. And he was just like apparently he like his reality was like holding together the universe essentially, so it was it was just a neat panel that I saw in, a, in an old comic, that just neat. One so. one other thing I wanted to to go over in regards to Deadpool because I think we're all pretty just universally on board. It was a fun time. There's not really it's not a complex story to talk about. No, nope. it's just fun moments all along the way. The one thing I do want to do, do especially since we're kind of just going off and theorizing about a few different things, what would you hope that the second Deadpool movie 
is or covers. I would like to see this be the way that Mr. Sinister gets introduced. Um, and then tie into the X-Men movies. You've seen how popular Deadpool can be. Let him meet up with Gambit. Let him meet up with all these characters that he has fun interaction with. And let Mr. Sinister be the overarching bad guy. Like, you could do a two-part Mr. Sinister villain movie where he's introduced in Deadpool. Yeah. And then he's... Because it's obviously shown in the after credits of X-Men Apocalypse that Sinister and, and the Essex Corporation is the next bad... Um, the next big bad right let that be deadpool as well let that flesh out in there you could probably use a minor villain for like the main story but have mr sinister as an overarching issue i I can see that because really i think the the conflict and the issue of deadpool 2 has to be whatever cable brings with him sure and that would be that would be sinister for me at least well i mean for me uh if you're gonna go ahead and add cable into the mix so now you're talking about where Deadpool truly started, which would be X Force. Yep. Uh, he, you know, started. I want to say it was X Force sixteen was the first issue he was actually in. I believe it might have been, and uh, he, he even at that point wasn't truly even a villain. He was just an antihero. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was hired out to try to do a job, and he didn't give a shit because his brain is mush, so he just tried to go ahead and do whatever he had to go do. Yeah. And that's when he started, you know, getting the run-in of other characters. And, you know, it would be nice to see some of those other characters come back through again, you know. Uh, we've already seen a dabbling of Domino, so it would be nice to see her come back through. Yeah. And then he could start getting into some of the other cooler characters, like... We've seen a version of Multiple Man. I'd like to see... A, a better represented Jamie Madrox. Yeah, you could pull him. Uh, you'd be more looking probably for like Feral, Shatterstar, Warpath, Boom Boom, Richter, uh, Cable, obviously. Now, not not tied to what you're talking about quite so much, but would you expect to see Marrow in the next one, considering she was supposedly on the table there in... in that's true. In, in the in, factory in there. Francis's little yeah, in Francis's little factory there. Generation <clears throat> facility. <clears throat> Potentially could, because if you're going to go that route, Marrow was very big with the Morlocks. Yep. And the whole Morlocks thing, uh, uh, Mr. Sinister had a big hand in all that, too. So, I mean, that could easily be his breeding ground, basically, for yep. how it all starts, too. I so, wonder, again, because, I mean... They certainly want to do it. I wonder how big of a focus it, it is. I mean, Cable's been around long enough that he's had many different stories that whether he was the main character or focused around something that he was there to take care of. What was his initial... Because he is the, the son of Scott Summers and... Jean Ma- Grey. No, Gray, right? no. Madeline, no, that's... Fr- that, Madeline no. Pryor. Who, who am I thinking of? Does Jean Grey have a kid? Who am I thinking of? I... Psylord, I believe. Is that who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of. I I could swear. I know Frank Franklin is not. Because when he was first introduced, that was not too long after uh, Jean Grey was dead and Scott Summers married Madeline Pryor. Pretty much, essentially, just because she looked like Jean Grey. Well, he didn't know that she wasn't Jean Grey at the time. At that moment, he still thought that she was, having no idea that she was, you know, the Goblin Queen. Oh, was this just Jean Grey had gone away as the Phoenix Force for a while? Right, and when <clears throat> Madeline Pryor she resurfaced... Does. They do have a daughter named Rachel Summers. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's just the oh, tapping was oh, going to um, pick it up. 
Yeah, Rachel Summers is the future daughter of Jean Grey and Scott Summers, gifted the same telepathic and telekinetic powers as his mother. X-Man, Nate Grey, is the child of Jean Grey and Cyclops from a different future timeline. Yep. He also inherited the psychic powers. So, not quite as awesome as Franklin Richards, but hey, you know. What is... Alright, so, in the comics, if, if you remember, I'm, I'm t- testing your old lore, but... What is Cable's initial mission when he comes back in time? Could not tell you. I'm, I'm, I mean, I know if it's he's X Men tr- stuff. I'm, I'm basically. I know out, generally he's so. always trying to prevent the future that he comes from. I don't know what he initially blames that on because you would think that that would be, or maybe either the first Cable story or the best Cable story is what they're going to try to do with the movie. Well, see, kind of those two things are both one in the same hand. The first cable story and the best cable story are going to basically both go ahead and have something to do with strife in the mutant liberation front. Problem with that is now you're going to have two characters who are the same character because strife is a clone of cable. Okay. So. While, while I was looking things up, did you guys say who Cable's mother was? Because it's the first sentence here. Nathan Summers' birth was carefully orchestrated by the geneticist Mr. Sinister, who created his mother, Madeline Pryor, as a clone to the mutant telepath Jean Grey. That's where I was confused. Okay. It is a clone of Jean. So that's where I got got mixed up. I was like, I know there's something involved there. So basically, Scott Summers will put his dick in anything. In anything. He's like the William Shatner of the X-Force. Yes. (laughs) Except they're not green ladies. It's just some firebird. I mean... Ask the internet. Scott Summers is the worst. Yeah. Oh, well, they've pretty much completely defamated on that character's name at this point. Yeah. In the comics, like, even Scott Summers as a younger alternative version of himself is upset at himself. Like, he hates the original Scott Summers. As he well should be. So. I mean, that character has taken so many weird and unsatisfying twists and turns well for christ's sakes he killed professor x yeah i mean blame the phoenix force all you want like you still have to live with that you were inside there somewhere yeah yeah you you it was the end that was your downfall right from that point out yeah there's gonna be no resurrecting your character your character was pretty much committing suicide and that was going to be the end of it which is okay though because i'm pretty sure that most people at this point were pretty sick of his shit as it is anyways yeah. Kind of almost the same way that they're kind of sick of Professor X, too. That's why I yeah. don't think that you see as big of an outlash or an outcry to, like, we need Professor X back. You know, he, he's got to be the glue to hold them together. No, I think that with removing him from the whole equation, that the calamity that it's brought to the group as how they function now and how they're moving forward i think is amazing so yeah and even the ideals like between between the team collaboration and the the things that xavier stood for i think ever since they they fought over the leadership of the team storm has been the best represent representative of what xavier was to oh, sure. the, to the oh, marvel absolutely. universe yeah and i mean even then she's made some pretty rough calls yeah. and uh like matter of fact uh, just recently there was uh, it's an issue where a lot of the X-Men are being turned into vampires. And she has an opportunity to go ahead and eradicate all vampires to save all the X-Men, save all the mutants that are being affected. And she decides to do it. However, Beast is present when this all happens. And, you know, also being an original member, they kind of have it out amongst each other. 
and she decides that in order to save everybody, she's going to eradicate all vampires. She does so. Most vampires turn back into humans. Some can't handle it. A lot of them die, so on and so forth. But the the end game is that Beast is extremely upset with her because he says, I don't know if you remember, but at one point or another, somebody else uttered, no more mutants. What makes you now any better than that person? And he you know, pretty much leaves her on that, mm-hmm. kind of just telling her, I understand that you have to do what you have to do to make us survive and so on and so forth. But I'm telling you right now, you're going down the same path as this. So, like, you're almost getting ready to see a civil war within the mutant community itself, too. Okay, I have Cable's first mission here. It's okay. A, it's a bit of a read, so I have to, it has to add a little bit set up. So, uh, soon after he was born, um, his mother, uh, Madeline Pryor, was corrupted by demonic influences into using baby Nate as a sacrifice for opening a portal between Earth and the demon-infested dimension Limbo. This was opposed by her husband, Cyclops... Um, his teammates in X-Factor and the former X-Men. Uh, Sinister planned to use Nate as a weapon against his former master, Apocalypse, but Apocalypse learned of this and had Nate captured and infected with a deadly techno-organic virus, which is why he's got half, uh, mech. After Apocalypse was defeated by X-Factor, a member of the clan Ascani, a sisterhood dedicated to opposing Apocalypse in the alternate future of Earth-4935, offered to save Nate's life by taking him to her own era. Um, desperate, Cyclops agreed, and Nate was taken 2,000 years into the future of Earth 4935, where the mother, Ascani, actually his time-displaced half-sister, Rachel, had him cloned in case the virus could not be cured. Minions of Apocalypse attacked and stole the clone, taking it to their master who raised this child as their heir, Strife. So, yes, Strife's a clone of Cable. Rachel pulled the psyches of Scott and Jean into the future to keep Nate safe, and as Slim and Red Dayspring... Or that's their names. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They raised him for the next 12 years, teaching him how to use his mutant powers to keep the virus at bay. After the teenage Nate defeated Apocalypse, he traveled to the last Ascani Enclave and was welcomed as the Ascani son, the Chosen One. Uh, after the Enclave was attacked, Nate regrouped the surviving Ascani into, rebel, uh, into the rebel clan Chosen. Uh, Nate later fell in love with a young uh, uh, initiate, Aliyah Jen Scott, I'm bad with names, and soon they were married and had a son named Tyler. Following one class of Strife, uh, his wife was killed and Tyler was captured. Strife brainwashed Tyler in his subsequent encounter. Nate was forced to shoot his son to save a clanmate. Uh, after Strife was after Strife used a time travel device to flee into the past, arriving in the late 20th century, Nate followed. That's why he came back to the past the first time. Um, uh, he arrived in Scotland years before his birth and was taken in <laughs> by wanna, geneticist Moira McTaggart. I, I want to pause you for a second because okay. you, you just got to... Now Nate Summers comes back into the 20th century. Like, all that shit yeah, is Yeah, all that bef- shit he, is before Like, the first time you see Cable, back. he's like, I've been through some shit, like, Yeah, he's been through a war, basically. Like, defeating Apocalypse is yeah. on his resume when he comes back to the past. Well, you gotta yeah. think, like, when you first see him, he's a grown man. Yeah. So, like, he's already lived through a world of shit. At a that world point. of shit. That is why, when you do first meet him, he's just that bad of a, a badass of a character, because it's like, oh, hey, look at this. This guy is, holy shit, yeah. personified. And he's been trained by Gene and Scott yeah. for 12 years, trained by them how to use his powers, 
fought Apocalypse, beat Apocalypse, been through shit, fighting his own clone yeah. who has the same powers as him. Like, he's been through some shit. So he comes back in time, uh, basically takes the codename Cable as a metaphor for a link between the present and the future. Moira sent him to visit Professor X. Uh, he learned of the feral mutant Wolverine, aiding him against another agent of his own kind, Devon Cray. Uh, meeting Xavier, Cable helped design the security systems for his mansion in exchange for lessons on how to live in the 20th century. So that's just kind of the beginning of Cable was Moira McTaggart, who we've met in the movies, um, yeah, you know, is basically becomes his foster, his 20th century foster mother. The only problem I can see with it all is, so you're now dumping Cable into a Deadpool comic, or Deadpool movie, excuse me, and the only problem is that is a pretty extensive backstory. You know, somebody who's been reading X-Force for this many years, you know, okay, I fully understand it. But to try to explain that in a two-hour movie, yes, you know, it's you, going to have to be I, stripped down heavily. I oh, would, yeah. I, they're gonna, they're gonna bastardize it basically. I would be so fine if Cable just shows up, right, and says to Deadpool, "We need to stop this guy because he's gonna wreck the future. I'm from the future." If they just did that and let people go find out who Cable is on their own, I'd be fine with it. Because if they try to explain any of that in a movie, yeah. they're going to fuck it up. It, <laughs> it really just needs to be the bare bones buddy cop movie that we want oh, sure. it to be. Oh, sure. Like, it, it was one of the beauties of, of Guardians of the Galaxy is that they just let it be what it was. They let you just... We're in yeah. outer space. The Nova Corps is a thing. Like, here's this, here's this, here's this. And they let you just process it after the movie. Yeah. I, I almost even wouldn't mind if you would just have a quick, like, fourth wall break where... Deadpool basically just does what you just did. Yeah. Like, you see him sitting there on a phone. No. Just I'm, reading <laughs> off real great. quick what's I, going on with, like, like okay, uh, now we're all caught up to Cable, no, and then they just cut back I to want, the movie. I want to see it cut to Deadpool sitting with, like, a graduate cap and a lab coat in front of a chalkboard <laughs> and just have him, like, go through point by point <laughs> I, who Cable okay. is. If they do that, I'm fine with it. I, this is almost as good as trying to figure out how we want the movie to go. I want shittily drawn Deadpool comics, <laughs> like, like <laughs> narrated by him, like just a quick five minute just blast through. Oh yeah, like that that would be fine, and that would be a great way to introduce that convoluted character is just to have Deadpool just give yeah. you like spark notes like, on him. Yeah, like have Cable start to try to explain it, and then Deadpool's like, no, 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 that shit's boring. I got this. <laughs> like, they're, two, <laughs> they're two seconds into an amazing looking flashback and Deadpool's like that's bullshit <laughs> like no we're not doing this no I've got this and it ends up being like a flip book of sketches <laughs> yeah. just like a post-it notes that he just flips through in front of the camera I'd be yeah I'd be so fine with that and that's the beauty of Deadpool is that they could do something like that oh, yeah. versus trying to like what they did with Apocalypse like they got him across to you but yeah. really not what Apocalypse we got, we got is. Four, four horsemen and survival of the fittest. Go for it. This is all you're yeah. getting. That's basically all they did. Like Deadpool, they can actually... And that's the, the absolute beauty of Deadpool is he can look straight at you and explain what's happening to him right now, and it's fine. Yeah. That, that portion you were just saying about the horsemen and Apocalypse, that's kind of like one of my biggest misses of that movie. Uh, I had a very high hopes for that movie because, you know, I do enjoy pretty much all of the comic movies, whether yeah. they're yeah. completely shitty now, or not. Now, they all have their high points and their lows. For any listeners, this is a man that has Havoc tattooed on his leg right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that, that is correct. So. <laughs> I mean, the thing that the thing that really bugged me about it was 
in Days of Future Past, there was that scene where Mystique goes through Trask's files and looks at some of the mutants that died as, you know, in the course of their experimentation. And it was mutants that we saw in first class that didn't make the return trip. So we had Azazel, Angel, Banshee, and one other who's, oh, uh, well, Darwin died beforehand, but typically when Apocalypse apocalypse comes back and makes his horsemen he chooses mutants who have recently died to come back and taunt and torment the people that Mm -hmm. killed them it's it's one of the more fun things is just having people's sins like reflected right back at them in the midst of this crazily increased power now i'm glad that we got archangel it's about time that we had we got angel somewhat served yeah it's about time that we had that go well. Fun to see Psylocke in a movie, even though she barely did anything. But To be fair, none of the four horsemen were very well served power-wise. No, that, Almost that's all what of them went out like a for. bitch. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, being a, an avid reader, usually when somebody starts talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, then yeah. all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh shit. You know, there's going to be something huge. And, like, some of the names that have been in those four are, you know, pretty intense. Like, currently right now in the storyline of the apocalypse that they have currently running, you have uh, Holocaust, Colossus, Deadpool, and Moon Knight are your four horsemen. Dude, a fucking Moon Knight, like, horseman? Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Come on, man. (laughs) I want to say he's Pestilence. I want to say that Deadpool's Famine... I believe that Wraith is Colossus, and they call it Wraith. I mean, war? Or no? Yeah, war. No, because war would be. It's usually war, famine, pestilence, and death. Are the four horsemen? Yeah. No, I think Moon Knight is death. I want to say famine is Deadpool. War is. You said it was Holocaust. It's either Holocaust or Colossus. It's got to be Holocaust. Because okay. it wouldn't make sense the other way around. Okay, so then Pestilence would be... Uh, Colossus. Would be Colossus. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. But, I, see I mean, that. Look, that, that's a pretty no. huge power core four there. No. I mean, basically the way it happened in the Apocalypse movie was Magneto plus three more. Yeah, and and this is... In the, terms of being intimidating as horsemen. This is the yeah. problem I had with it. And I, I do enjoy, like, they let Magneto tap into the Earth's magnetic field. Like, sweet. I've wanted to see that for a little while. Magneto is one of... I, I don't... I'm not a big X-Men guy. Um, it's never been on my scope of things I've really paid attention to. Um, except for, like, the old animated cartoon sure. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I mean, we're, we're kids of the 90s. Yeah. That's how we met the X-Men, so, most of us. So Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to make it about that. Hey, man. I'm, I'm not disappointed with my He-Man upbringing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I got, you know, Magneto in in the furthest sense. And before the movie, I looked at Eric and I was like, I just want to see them have Magneto be peaceful. Like, he's he's found a good life. Something catastrophic happens to him. And he goes even darker than he, than he was when he went into this life. Yeah. And the first thing we see is, like, him come home from a steel mill to his family. I just looked at Eric and I was like, it's going down. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. Well, if, if you want the absolute, like high point to low point of his life uh if they ever end up doing anything with the island of genosha oh yeah that's yeah. that's actually what the havoc and on my leg is from the extinction agenda oh, okay uh, and uh that's you know magneto's basically running an island yeah and it's supposed to be a safe haven that then turns into a concentration camp and he has to end up pretty much destroying the entire island in order yeah. to save it 
and uh, it's catastrophic. <coughs> Bless you. Bless me. <laughs> and um, it, like that whole thing, like he he goes from being at the pinnacle height of mutants, where he's basically like a king among them. Yeah. And everything's going well. They're not messing with nobody. They don't want anything to do with anyone else. And then the whole thing just rears its ugly head, and you know he gets basically placed into a concentration camp for a second time in his life along mm-hmm. with hundreds of other yeah. mutants and when they finally start springing that whole thing against cameron hodge and magneto has to bring the whole thing down around it you know the the dark period that he falls into at that time frame is actually what splits him between him and joseph pretty much yeah and joseph is like the good version of him because then as that's happening, there is just a straight evil version. Yeah. Like, more evil than when he was with the whole Brotherhood thing. Like, yeah. it's... It, you don't want to mess with him at this point. It really is the thing that's that's made Magneto one of the best villains in comics is is the fact that you can, you can see, like, he's... From day one, he's always had this vision of peace. It's, it's always just been that his route is more violent. Like, oh, he... Sure. And he sees it, and I think a lot of people can understand it, he sees it as just the realist version, like, blood will be shed before there is peace. Yeah. Well, that, that's I'm just all he's going, known. Yeah, I'm just going to force the issue while we have an advantage of the world not knowing enough about us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you take a child who was raised in the Holocaust, yeah. who watched his family get wiped out in front of him, and you expect them to go ahead and just be civil all the time? It's yeah. not going not to happen. Close. He's not he's got close. he's got the first hand knowledge of prejudice, internment, and the the horrible nature, usually based on fear that humanity can fall to. And he just goes, mutants have this potential to rise above that, and I'm going to force the issue. Yeah, sure. yeah I mean, and that's just it. Like he's already persecuted for being a Jew, as they pers- yeah. like as they show it through it. And so now, not only does he already have that one hardship, then he also discovers, oh, hey, I'm also a mutant. So right. he's also so now, oppressed for that as well. Yeah, so now even other people who are Jewish that would hopefully normally console him are now like, well, hey, you know, you're a whole completely different... Yeah, you're different, still, you're still yeah, something, an outcast. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to touch you either way. Yeah. So, you know, that that's all he does know. But the, the nice thing about it is he's not a stupid character either. He's not just some meat-headed villain who just yes. rushes in headstrong. Oh, sure. This man is extremely intelligent. And because of how cynical he is due to his upbringing, that's, that makes him even more dangerous. Because now he's using his intelligence along with this deep-rooted hatred. Yes. And he he acts upon it. Yeah, and he's, he's got those moments where you as the reader or in, in the movies, the viewer, you want to say just... Come on, man. Just, just th- things are gonna be okay. Like it can work out, and just yeah. he knows better. And he's just no. Nope, it's gonna ba- go upside down. I basically just sit there rooting for him to get a win. In and any of the movies, are just like, come on, man. You got a family. You got a family. They're dead. Shit. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, how are you doing? Fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why it's kind of cool now where they have him placed in the comics. Uh, he's actually back on to the good side now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mainly because after Xavier dies yep. at the hands of Scott Summers, they need a mantle head. Yep. And he decides to take it up. You know, he's going to go ahead and do something good to his good friend, Professor Xavier. Yep. And he's going to take this up. And there's a lot of infighting when it first all begins because 
a lot of the other mutants don't yeah. know how to take to it. The, the mutants are s- split in half. I mean, it's essentially what's left back at the school after Scott, Magneto, Magic, and a, f- a few others go off, and they're they're basically fugitives. Yeah. The I mean, the world wants revenge on on Scott Summers for for what he did, and just the the Phoenix Force as a whole. And it's it's weird to ha- to have the mutant that you can most sympathize with and and understand despite his his crazy past magneto you, you he is someone you still find yourself rooting for and he's side by side with the worst person in the marvel universe or certainly the x universe at that point yeah. oh yeah no absolutely and and then for him to turn around and become the father head or the father figure and you know to take the whole remainder of whatever portion of splinter team that's left and become now you know their leader with no question to it yeah he still has questionative methods that he goes and performs but these guys are pretty much blindly following him at this point because they realize hey you know what he survived all this he's been through all of this now and if we weren't listening to him before because we had this vision that what professor xavier was saying is going to be correct well he's gone now and the one who was telling us this whole time that this is how it's going to be and this is how it's been maybe we should start listening to this guy yeah and you know it's just cool to see him playing the hero role but still being stern and ruthless in that hero role and i think on top of what it already was part of that hero role comes from his his personal mourning of, of Xavier, like despite their extremely differing ideologies, they were friends and, and he's, he feels that loss. I think as much as, if not more than anyone else among the X-Men well, is he, he's, he's lost his person and he, he, he does kind of want to, I think find himself closer to the middle of where he and Xavier fell now more than ever. Well, and and that's part of it too is that him and Xavier don't exactly have differing ideologies. More they have or differing less, methodologies. Different yes. methods. Yes. That's the yeah. proper word for it because they both want the same thing. They want peace. Both of them want peace no matter what the methods are they they use or the peace that or, comes from mutant survival the, the peace, at yes. least. And, coexistence. And coexistence is so what they both want. How it's going to be arranged is the is huge issue. The yeah. difference, yes. Um, so I, I want to swing back to the the four horsemen real quick. Did you guys see Olivia Munn? Um, so she was Psylocke in in X Men. Yep. See her every time I close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's only because I have tattoos of her underneath my eyelids. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so she chose to be. She had two choices. Okay. Um, she was offered the role of. Wade's girlfriend in Deadpool yeah, and she was offered she yes so she was offered Vanessa and she was offered Psylocke. She said, "I want to be Psylocke. I chose to be the badass with a blade over the um the cowering girlfriend over the the victimized girlfriend, right?" Sure. How Makes wrong sense. was she in that? Psylocke gets oh, her ass she- whooped consistently throughout the movie yeah. and is useless and then runs away whereas Vanessa one Marina Bacarin Oh my, my woman right there. Her is she's badass in this movie. One, she is clever as shit in that she can literally throw Wade's snarky remarks right back at him, which yeah. clever as shit. And then at the end, 
she like goes toe to toe with Francis yeah. for you know not for very long, but like she goes toe to toe with Francis. Like she's a badass in that movie. Yeah, and it's the, like you the, chose the I, wrong one I, if you I, wanted to be the badass. I, I don't feel though that she did choose the wrong one. She chose the one that she was probably figuring who's going to have a longer stay. Wade's sure. girlfriend, yeah. who is probably going to be wrote, written off by the end of this next movie, because you know, yeah. everybody he touches either dies, gets killed, or God yeah. only knows what. Yeah. Or do you go for Psylocke, who is already a huge fan favorite, yeah. who yeah. is going to have future sightings at some yeah. point or another, which as she grows into her own, she's going to become into that badass character. Sure. So, I mean, the, I mean, the question if even they, is... If they go that route, though. Well, right, but the question even is, like, is she currently right now the Psylocke that we know and love currently? Or is she, like, just the original Psylocke that hadn't been transported into somebody else's body by the hand yet? So, like, you didn't already get enough background knowledge to know yeah. if she is the sweet Psylocke that we want or the pre-Psylocke that we didn't really know just yet yeah, who just we were trying to there. figure out yeah. we were well, I mean, being distracted by you know Captain Britain and Megan and like <laughs> what the fuck is going on here I like, mean sure hindsight is twenty twenty, but also the, Olivia Munn and, and we could not have known we could have hoped but not known that something special happened with Deadpool sure it I, it it exists on its own, <laughs> separate from everything else. It's just a, a whole new way of doing it. That's, I mean, s- some people can say that they've that they've grown a bit tired of superhero movies. I, it's it's more fun to me because now we're starting to see, yes, these are superhero movies, but they're also taking genres. Ant Man was basically like a heist movie. Yeah, that was that was a superhero yeah, movie. Yeah, so yeah, you're getting you're getting subgenres in a superhero movie. Deadpool yeah. is a relentless comedy. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is just this wild whirlwind space adventure. Yeah. It, it, now that enough of these basic stories have happened that we can start to branch off and do different things, it's it's as fun, if not more, than ever for me. Everything that's been yeah. coming out. I mean, Winter Soldier got to be more of a spy movie than an actual superhero movie yes. by the end of it. So, like, yeah, there's there's certainly subgenres, and it's great. I would like to see where they go with it. For for my my opinion on Olivia Munn, she chose the wrong one, in my opinion. Um, and this is not because of what happened, but prior to it. She's a geek, okay? She's been shown to be a geek back from I mean back when she was on Attack of the Show. Like she is in nerd culture. That's that's a part of who Absolutely. she is. Um, she's every nerd's wet dream. She's gotta know yeah. by now these X Men movies are average. They are not selling incredibly well. They're basically selling enough to get a sequel. That's it. And some of them really haven't even done that. I mean, Days of Future Past was a, a nice high point for me. I sure enjoyed it. Sure, but that doesn't not necessarily mean like you. You've had how many movies before that? You had like five to six I'll, movies before. I'll that. say it's for me. It's all been down uh, downhill since X Two. So I'm looking at two scripts on the table. Okay. I'm looking at two scripts on the table. One of them is for Deadpool, which I know follows the comics incredibly well and is clever and is funny and is being created from fan feedback. And I've got X-Men Apocalypse sitting next to me, which is a Brian Singer high-value production that Fox is kind of putting a lot of chips into. But as a geek, I have to sit there and kind of say, like, well, Deadpool's going to get the fan. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it is, again, uh, see, see, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I don't, I don't know if you're looking at the right side of geekdom here, though. 
as a geek, I'm looking at these two scripts in front of me, and I say to myself, okay, I can either be a character that nobody really knows whatsoever. Yep. Or I can be Psylocke. I can That's be an true. iconic character, Psylocke, That's and fair. I can cosplay as one of the hottest chicks in the game. That's true. So if you are truly looking at this from a geek perspective, I would say now, after hearing that, that the Psylocke argument is going to go even harder for you. That's yeah. true. Because, I mean, why it, wouldn't you? I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. It, it on, it, it, I would hope that all actors think this way, but honestly, to me, I'm, I'm looking at these these two characters and the potential that either one of them can go it's really got to come up to this come down to the script and the story that's told in apocalypse versus the story that's told in deadpool yeah deadpool's bare bones but it's just fun and it's, well, it's going to oh, resonate all right, all right, so, harder so, and longer let, let me say it this way <laughs> all right you are presented with this choice you can either go ahead and be the character of jack nicholas from a few good men or you could be Peter Vankman from Ghostbusters. So you know that one's going to be Jack a good Nicholson? role, but the yeah, other Jack role Nicholson may not. Right. You know one's going to go ahead and be a really good role, but you know the other one's going to be very fun. And now insert your geekdom. Which, which way do you roll on that one? I roll Peter Vankman <laughs> on that one. Well, yeah, the, and I, I mean the, pro- the problem is you've chosen two movies that ended up becoming iconic, whereas Apocalypse is eventually going to fall by the wayside. Well, right, right. I I was just trying to like, yeah, 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 make the point out of it though. Like that's how I would say personally, if I was sitting with that choice, how it would come up, probably the way that I'd roll with it. Yeah, sure. And I mean, she did a lot of behind the scenes things of like her training with a katana. She wouldn't have been able to do that, you know. A, lo- a lot of stuff that is that is really cool that she got to do for for Apocalypse that she wouldn't have gotten to do in Deadpool for sure. Um, I I prefer the way it came about. I do like Marina the way she is in in that, and I'm fine with Olivia Munn as, as Psylocke. I just think her reasoning was a little like. You know, like the the reason she she came out and said like oh, I wanted to be the badass with the blade, and it's like mm, you didn't pull that off. Sorry, like I know that's not her specifically because she she was fine in the part. Like yeah. she was she was fine in the part, but she, like Pretty the, basic the, the script. Yeah, it was it was all just very cut and dry on her, and then she just ran away. And it's the same thing with Archangel. Like they finally did a decent job showing you Archangel, and all of a sudden like he goes one v one Nightcrawler and loses. And it's like. You're a horseman. You people doesn't, are horsemen. You shouldn't be getting 1v1 by a regular X. Doesn't Beast just, like, punch Arch, Archangel, uh, Archangel and just take him out of the fight for, like, five minutes? And no, like, it's oh. it's Nightcrawler, isn't is it? it? I'm not sure. Oh, no, Beast pulls his face into the bars, right? Yeah, he, like, like slams him into him a rebar or something because, like that. Yeah, uh, Night, <laughs> Nightcrawler teleports him in, and then he teleports out, and he's stuck in this, like, cage. Yeah. He comes over, and Beast is just, like, balk and, like bops his head into the bars and knocks him out for like five minutes one thing i can say for for x-men apocalypse and it's i mean i sadly i was honestly struggling for way too long to try and remember but it was close to the storm i would like to see oh sure i she was she was again it's a lot of underutilization from a lot of heroes yeah um i would have liked to see from what i saw she was very promising yeah so I'd like to see more, because Storm is one of my favorites. Back when I played, like, the old X-Men games on, like, PS1 and PS2, Storm was always my, my go-to. John got Cyclops, and I got I got Storm. So, yeah. yeah. Like, even, like, X-Men, you know... Cyclops Cap- is decent Capcom, in a video Marvel game, pretty Capcom. terrible in everything else. Yep. Yep. Fucking 
Marvel versus Capcom bullshit, Mega Optic Blast bullshit. He just rips off the visor and fills the screen with his Optic Blast. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Not to mention, too, he's one of the easiest characters to level up those power blasts. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. all you had to do is just keep hitting one button, and it just kept, yep. like, filling up your bar exponentially. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to keep you at bay, cross the screen, until I can fill up this bar, and then everything's right. Erase your life! Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm a, I'm a Captain American guy, as evidenced by the, the shield leaning up against my desk right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? My brother I, my I, brother made that for, for me for me for Christmas. I was making no judgments whatsoever. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Cap guy, and so I was always the Cap in, in Marvel vs. Capcom, and... Yeah. Why aren't your blasts just going off my shield? Just shooting stars all goddamn day, because that's the only thing I could do to Cyclops just launch the shield at him. That's a uh, that was a fun game. I'm, I did you play three when it came out? Oh yeah, it was. It felt oddly not as great as two to me. It was. It, I mean, it was a Marvel versus Capcom, but it just felt kind of lackluster. Well, the problem is each one of them they keep just ramping up the speed and the power and everything yeah. like that, and it's just. It's still, yeah, obviously, who can kill who faster, but it's it's getting a little excessive. Yeah. It's just kind I of mean, the reasons why, yeah. like, even the Mortal Kombat's Killer Instinct, any one of them, you can keep your fundamental... You can... Oh, my God. <laughs> keep your fundamental fighting game? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you can welcome. keep that, but you don't have to keep ramping everything up. Yeah. You know, yeah. Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Alpha, Street like Street Fighter 4 Ultra, Street Fighter like, 5. Yeah. See, I'm a fan of Street Fighter, so I, I go in on those. Um, well, I like all of them. I'm and, a huge fighting yeah. game fan, but you don't need to take away the art of the fighting game by just mm-hmm. making it faster. That's true. Yeah. You know, it, like At a certain point, it just, I mean, and... There's nothing wrong with with the pro scene, but after a while, it just feels like oh, they're just trying to make videos of pros fighting pros more flashy and impressive looking. Yeah, to an extent. Like I, I used to play in a lot of like fighting game tournaments. Yeah. I, I used to love it, and um, the thing that used to drive me nuts is in the tournaments you have the guys who are just ton combo masters. They would yep. be the guys who would learn the ton hit plus combos inside and outside and that's all that they would do and i never learned any of those combos and i didn't like to use them i preferred to go ahead and find more so like power moves that i could string together sort of like a combo yeah. but this three or four hit combo that i'm going to create is going to go ahead and take off so much more life than this 10 hit combo that all you've effectively done is juggle sure yeah now okay jug- juggling in a fighting game is a huge portion of it once you can get a successful juggle down, if the guy never touches ground, you're going to go ahead and beat yeah. the crap out of him. Yeah. Is it a cheap way? Yeah, it could be looked at it that way. But at the same time, if you're a good enough player, you can get out of the juggle. And that's the dynamic of the two. Yeah. But that's why I used to try to find the power moves. Because I can create a more successful juggle with that than mm-hmm. I can out of this rinky-dink thing. And I'm at least trying to show off my skill. I'm yeah. trying to show, okay, I have the timing down to put these three moves together that don't go together and make it extremely successful as opposed to i'm going to string together this 10 hit combo that all it is me remembering some button repetition yeah so it used to drive me crazy but make me also extremely happy when i would beat those guys yeah because you got this guy is going through all these motions and you just kind of like take a step back press one button to break that combo and all of a sudden you unleash fury (laughs) and it just it would always make me feel so much better yeah that's fair um, I, I haven't done any any tournaments, but I've I, I did get Street Fighter Five, and 
you know, I was all about that life for a little while there. Uh, I, I do like this. The fighting games are they're so much fun, so much fun. I'm, get, I'm Although, getting a little excited about the new Tekken coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Five has has burned us a little bit though, because there was the whole. They came out with Street Fighter Five. They said we're gonna give you a, um, we're gonna give you an update a month, one update a month, whether it's character, game modes, da 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 da. They missed May, and now they've missed June. They just whiffed on two months. Like, one of them was supposed to be a character, and then this last one was supposed to be story mode. And they were like, alright, we're going to wrap story mode in with the character, release them both at the same time, it'll be at the end of June, and they missed it again. It's like, alright, Capcom. Keep up the good work, buddy. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. yeah. So that, that got us off of Deadpool really hard. <laughs> and all comics in general. So, alright. You looked like you had something to say. Nope. Oh no! I just I didn't have anything to contribute for fighting games because I'm pretty sure the only thing I've ever really dived in, dove into super hard was Smash Brothers, and that was the melee era time frame. And I, I mean, it my, still is. Yeah, yeah, it still you, is. You, melee is still. Yeah, don't don't get me started on Smash Brothers. It's. You, I mean, you yeah. go you go to you look at Evo and and all the events. Melee, sure. melee is the main event. It's not yeah. not Wii U. And but I mean. Also, at the same time, like I, I never went as as hard as I could with that. Me and my friends in college played religiously, and then someone I don't even know who to credit with the t- discovery. Someone looked online and and found out about wave dashing, and they all got into it, and I never did. And it mm-hmm. was just the beginning and the end for me. I'm like, oh, this is less fun than it was before mm-hmm. when we were all just picking the characters we like more you know the most and had developed no. these relationships with now it was just everybody can wave dash everybody well, the, can I mean, be fast and that, now it's just a totally different that's game the for same us. problem with any game that has a meta like any of the mobas going on like any games that have essentially a pro scene you're gonna see those main heroes like overwatch is doing the same thing you see those main heroes show up as the meta and then if you're not playing one of those heroes it just you you stop you know yeah. you stop being in that game essentially so that, that's kind of one of the things i used to really enjoy about tournaments like breaking the meta well yeah so to, to an extent <clears throat> um i had been in several different tournaments that you could either choose your own character which mm-hmm. is usually always the preferred because no <coughs> excuse me <coughs> matthew's perishing <coughs> that's how it happens we found it out <coughs> i killed him this is not making good for good talk here. Yeah, that's what this I'm talking will over not your make it in. <laughs> Just edit that out. Or will yeah. it? Ooh. Ooh. Um, but no, so you had tournaments where you could pick your own characters, which, like I said, usually always the preferred, because you've learned a certain character to its utmost extent, and, you know, now this is your guy. This yeah. is like Or one saying. of several that you're like, I'm pretty I'm pretty great as these, like, five. Yeah, yeah. You, you usually always have a top five, a bottom five, and then something in between. Or I've gone to other tournaments where here is your choice. You don't get an option other than this. Oh, by the way, your opponent has to use this same character also. This yeah. is the only character that anyone can use. So now it does limit and restrict that whole metagaming portion of it because now you can't pick this one certain character that's so completely overpowered from everybody else that can't beat anyone else or that can beat everyone else excuse me but you now also have to have how much gameplay do you have underneath your belt to know this randomized character that we're choosing for everybody so Mm -hmm. that type of aspect not knowing what you're going into i feel for that type of tournament 
it makes you kind of realize like hey i need to know this whole game inside and out before i just step in here yeah whereas these like free-for-all tournaments that don't have those types of rules to it you're gonna have the problems you're always gonna run into metagaming one way or another you know whether it be looking at somebody else's screen back in the days or picking the character who has an unblockable punch or you know whatever it may be it's going to be there it's going to happen and you got to find a way around it so again if you can find a way around it and you can perform it excellently it just makes you feel that much better at the end of the day yeah, yeah. all right so um all right so we're running on on two and a quarter yeah. Um, do you wanna? You, you think we're we're good to wind down here and and go into our yeah our uh, end things? Oh, r- real quick, back on the whole Deadpool thing. Yes. I <laughs> kind of forgot about this. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're talking about Deadpool. Um, oh my god. I we never really touched base on any of the Easter eggs that are thrown throughout the entire I was, movie. I was actually everywhere. just about to ask you about some of the ones that you spotted and I didn't. Oh, okay. well, like, even just right in the beginning of the entire movie, like, you know, we were setting the scene of the whole car crash and the attack that he's doing on the SUV. Well, when they're showing all those things like the uh, Green Lantern card and the, the wallet and everything else like that, um, there's Easter eggs right there in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, right on the coffee cup, it says Rob Liefeld's name. <laughs> and Rob Liefeld is like one of the creators of Deadpool. And yeah. his name actually comes up in the movie probably about like four or five more times. Yeah, did, didn't you say something about the street signs? Yep, the street signs had some of the names of them too. Uh, it also had other creators who have worked on Deadpool. Because uh, there was even, I would say maybe about five years ago, Deadpool and Cable both got pulled off the shelves. Because there was a huge dispute on the rights of who could use them in the comic verse. And it ultimately led to both of their comics being completely pulled for a while. And because of, once again, public outcry, so many people complained of, hey, I can't believe you just took my favorite comic away. When they resurfaced, not only did they come out with their own comic together, Deadpool Cable, but also probably about five to six offshoots of Deadpool comics came out at the same time. So, like, it was good to see them give the credit of, hey, these guys made this character, these guys own this character, and we're not going to let you forget it because we're going to put their names all over this movie. Yep. Uh, What else was there? There was Hydra Bob at the end. Oh, that's right. Yep. 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 You had Hydra Bob, you had Weasel, obviously, Blind L, obviously. Yeah, uh, um, just a I'm quick... sure you're going to see Ad Set at some point, too. Yeah, just a quick moment. TJ Miller as Weasel. A fucking oh, TJ, perfect. TJ Miller is one of my favorite comedians. Yeah. Um, from my father, so way back when the Blue Collar Comedy Tour like took off as a thing, uh-huh. um, Larry the Cable Guy was at the State Fair. My sister loves him, so... Mm-hmm. Um, she bought tickets for my father and and her to go see him, and T.J. Miller was his opening act. Oh God! And so how different could you get? Well, that's the thing. It's like yeah. Dad came back and and Dad was like, you know, cool. I'm gonna go do a father father daughter thing, um, you know, and, and have a good time with it. Because sure, like Larry Larry, at the start of his, you know, was all of a sudden, holy shit, what is this comedy kind of stuff? So it was it was you know it was funny. Um, and T.J. Miller is very much my father's comedy as well. Like, he's that rash, like, filthy comedy. And it was just... He came back and he was like, Yeah, sure, Larry was good, but this opening act? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, like, from that moment on, like, that put T.J. Miller on my radar. 
and just everything he's done. I the only thing he's doing right now that I haven't really like gotten into at all was Silicon Valley, and yeah. that's I just I haven't gotten into it's worth, it. As all it's it worth is. a watch. I've I, I've gotten through about a season and a half of the three seasons that are now complete. You're probably person six hundred and forty two to tell me that. Yeah, I just it just hasn't. It just time wise hasn't hit my radar unfortunately. So yeah, but TJ Miller's great. TJ Miller came on my radar when uh, if you ever saw a show called The Burn, it was from yep. Jeffrey Ross. It was an episode of him, uh, Hannibal Burris, and I can't remember who the third person was, and that really opened my eyes to him because uh, it was a pretty hysterical episode by far. I can imagine. I I would just like to see though, and say the next Deadpool that he's a little bit meaner to Deadpool. Because the yeah. dynamic of Weasel and Deadpool in the actual comics is very similar to that of Blind Al. Uh, they hate each other, even though they're <clears throat> friends. Sure. But they still absolutely hate each other. And, uh, you know, you just you didn't see as much of that hatred. You saw more like an actual friendship. Right. Even though he is betting on his life, but there's still more of a friendship than there was like an utter hatred for each other. Yeah. yeah Which I think it's that's... a one-sided hatred because Deadpool's just technically too stupid to realize it yeah the I've, same if, if spider-man <laughs> comes into the same play it's going to be the same way deadpool's going to be head over heels in love with spider-man because he's such a fanboy meanwhile spider-man's going to absolutely hate him and just treat him <laughs> like turd so yeah well, i think in general one thing i would like to see a bit more with with the next deadpool is um the idea of deadpool's insanity playing a bit more of a factor like he's he's a wisecracker and 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 you know people can get sick of him mainly just francis because he's really the only one he targets it with in an aggressive way Mm. i mean colossus might wish that he is you know more of a hero but these these people who are just like god just shut the fuck up for two goddamn seconds deadpool Mm -hmm. like seriously and him just like no but we're best buds (laughs) like all of that at the same time is just i i think Cable's going to to do it one way, but I think you're right. I think across the board, we need Deadpool getting on more people's nerves because he's just being more and more Deadpool that yeah. that we're familiar with. Sure. I mean, we got it with um, he did it to God. What's her name? Angel Dust? No. Yes. Oh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. No. Or just when Angel. Grabs, they just call her Angel. Angel. When they when they grab the uh, when he grabs the match out of her from the headbutt or whatever. Yep. So like. We do get him like wisecracking at people, but he's using it. Like you said, he's not he's not doing it just because of who he is. He's doing yeah. it for a purpose. Um, so it would be nice to see him just piss people off for the sake of pissing people off. Oh, and uh, also too, I remember you and me were talking about this. Uh, the CGI on his mask with the eyes. Yeah. Uh, spot on. You know, you already had the opportunity that you could have done this correctly with Spider Man. Yep. And I feel they missed the mark a lot on all that. Yeah, okay, they got his eyes to move and change a little bit. Mm-hmm. But with a character such as Deadpool, who's very similar to Spider-Man in this aspect, you can tell so much of the story by the feature of just the eyes on that mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm and, really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and, the, and the fact that they did it and how well they did it, like, yeah. you could tell when he was shocked, awed, surprised, mm-hmm. angry, all of these different oh, things. The, the whole suit, as the suit as a whole, <coughs> was... So well done. I mean, right down to the belt buckle having the the, the symbol of Deadpool, just yeah. the two like this, almost the smiley face with the eyes on it. Um, right, right down to it. And even Ryan Reynolds himself was like, he loved it so much. The last day of set, he just walked off in the suit and kept the suit. Like yeah. the, he went to the to the costume department, like walked by the costume department to leave, and they were like, all right, we can get you out. And he was like, nah, I'm gone. <laughs> well, I mean, and 
I'm, I'm glad, again, I'm glad you mentioned the eye specifically because that was the thing when the test footage came out and you just saw him on the side of the highway just jamming out. Like, you just you just look at his face and you go, oh, the, they did it. Mm-hmm. They, they, like His it, mask is expressive, yes. Such a simple thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, you, you mentioned Spider-Man and the way his eyes, you know, move in the comics and stuff like that. We had seen prior to Deadpool now five Spider-Man movies where that just never happened and didn't just the mask was just deader as as a result of it it unfortunately makes it so that they have to um, when they're doing that kind of thing it makes it so that they need to express more bodily than facially like that's that's the beauty of the Deadpool mask is that you can read so many expressions from him. You can get so much from him. But when, like, Spider-Man, like, Andrew Garfield, I thought, did a great job as Spider-Man. Um, you know, obviously could have been better, but I thought he did a good job given what he's given. Um, and, like, the first time you see him go out as Spider-Man when he's, like, stopping the carjacker, right? <clears throat> he's wisecracking the guy in a way that I would love. I love that Spider-Man does it because Peter Parker is a bit of a wise-ass when he's as Spider-Man. And so... You get that, but it would have been nice to just get the expression instead of him having to move his whole body to get the kind of like lackadaisical mentality across. His eyes could have just easily portrayed that if they would have just done that. Yeah, you and I will get into Spider Man a little bit more whenever we do end up like sitting down and and intentionally going through Civil War. But yeah, eyes just it's it's such an expressive part of, Mm -hmm. of anything. Like an actor without their eyes is already like it's taking a leg out from under them. Yeah. I'll also say, too, like, just on the standpoint of not possibly being present for it, but in Civil War, they definitely did depict Spider-Man the best way. Oh, oh yeah. so far, like, yeah. You know, he's an annoying teenager, he's he's spry, he won't shut the hell up. Oh, sure. But that's exactly how he should be. Yep. Oh, sure. Now, going on the point of what you're saying, like, the eyes being such an important portion of a character, all I'll say on that point is Bane. Tom Hardy, Bane. Oh, sure. Unreal. I yeah. Obviously wasn't his real voice. Yes. Obviously didn't actually say anything in the movie, but just the expressions that were coming across his sure. face. You could tell anguish, pain, anger, you know, elation, everything that's going to be possible, he was showing it. Sure. I have, I have my own personal problems with The Dark Knight Rises and, and that version of Bane, um, but sure. I, I would have been... If they aren't going to do the luchador Bane the right way, I'm fine with them doing Tom Hardy with the mask the way he had it and everything. Like I, I still think they did the mask in a dumb way where it was giving him sedatives instead of venom or any sure. kind of steroid enhancement. Right. Um, but, like, yes, I agree. If you're, if you're not going to give him a luchador mask and make it emotive and as Bane should be, uncover the eyes and let Tom Hardy act. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but the, the character of Bane I have a couple of my own personal issues with, but, um, yes, I, I, that's a very good example right there. I would say. Um, and yes, in, in, in civil war, I think they did a great job with at least giving him some sort of emotion. And it was shown in the trailer. First time we see Spider-Man's in that trailer where he comes swinging in and grabs it. And he just says, Hey everybody. And the eyes like sink down. And right from that moment, it was like, Holy shit, we're going to get something in the mask. Like, Yes, that is the best Spider-Man costume we've seen. By far, the best Spider-Man costume we've seen. Yes. And I thought Tom Hi- Tom Holland was the best Spider-Man we've seen. I mean, catching catching Winter Soldier and just saying, you have a metal arm? That's so cool. Like, that's Spider-Man. He's just in absolute wonderment that he is a part of 
everything going on. So yeah, like I, I, I do agree completely. The eyes on Deadpool sell him so much more. Yeah. Just like any other character with a mode of eyes. Um, well, any other final thoughts around the room, Austin, um, about Deadpool? It was good. I liked it. Enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do, do out of 10? Ooh. Um, we should do an out of 10, um, and we're also going to do a killer be killed, so be, be prepared for that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, you might... <laughs> Alright, so pretty much since the first Game of Thrones episode that we talked about, we've done this thing called killer be killed. Uh, kill is basically some a, a character and... <laughs> it, it, could be a bit obvious, but yeah. you could go rogue with this one. Yep. Um, it's typically someone in whatever we're watching that just killed it, just crushed on all levels, just absolutely took what you expected and just went above and beyond. Be killed tends to be either a a particularly satisfying kill, something that was just like, oh man, that was gruesome or satisfying or whatever it is, or someone who is just begging to be killed yes. in, in some way, shape, um, or form. And killed it can also be <coughs> the person that had the best kill of the of True. the movie as well. It, not just necessarily like the person who's killing it, but if there was a specific kill or person that killed something that you enjoyed. Yeah. Like, say, Colossus had a specific kill you enjoyed. You know, that would be... He didn't, but you know what I mean. Okay. Um, so th- start thinking of those, and then Eric... Yeah, this is as much s- for Matt as it is for someone who's just skipped over the Game yes. of Thrones episodes. So that, that is a game on the podcast. No matter what we talk about, we do a kill or be killed for it. Like, it could be a game, could be anything. Um, it's so going to be really unfortunate when you guys have the Bambi podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bambi's I mean, mom. Thumper's got to go. Oh, begging to die. That little bunny? Yeah. Anyway. Fuck him. All right, let's do an out of ten. Okay. Uh, do you want to start? Uh, sure. I, my my factoring for this, I in my head I've got two different scales that I'm going for with this. It's kind of like movie in general versus what this movie was setting out to do. Sure. In ter- for me, in terms of what this movie wanted to, er, was setting out to do, it's damn near a ten. It's it's quintessential Deadpool. Yep. The, the the quality of of the movie just overall in t- in terms of you know what it other things that could have happened or or, or you know just how i felt mm-hmm. uh leaving afterwards in general i'm gonna say it's like uh i'll give it an eight okay uh it, it crushes as a deadpool movie it's it, on all levels it's excellent as a as an action movie as a superhero movie as you know what i expect from the genre as a whole you know Couple, it's, it's, a couple of things it can improve on, yeah. Yeah, a, a lot to be desired, but this is f- for taking a character who we were nervous that something bad could happen and just getting getting him to just the the perfect level, it's very satisfying. Yeah, yeah I'll go with 8 out of 10. All right, uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 or a 9. Um, just as a movie in general, I don't I don't care for the whole how it thought it did or any of that. Sure. Um, uh, Eight point five to a nine. I I laughed my way through it. I enjoyed the shit out of it as a moving going experience. Um, and it generally, as a person who isn't a big X Men person, so I don't know a ton. I didn't know a ton about Deadpool walking into it. Sold me on on the character. Sold me on everything I needed to be sold on. So I'll give it an eight point five or a nine. All right, Matthew. Uh, I I would definitely bounce within the realm of an 8 to a 9 uh, B 
being a huge Deadpool fan, there weren't many things that they missed on, which is a huge plus. Mm-hmm. You know, some things that maybe I would have wanted to see more or see like a a background story go a different route per se. Yeah. But otherwise, they you know they stayed very incredibly close to true of the character. Um, you know, it does lose a couple points just because on some things, you know, you already have it thought out in your head from reading these comics for so long of this is how it should be. Oh, you went this realm with it? Mm, okay, I'm kind of happy with it, but yeah, I'll live with it. A personal preference could have gone a different way. Right, yeah. right. So, I mean, I don't want to take too much away from it from that. Uh, as far as it went, though, I mean, they did cram in a lot into two hours to try to give any yeah. type of backstory Very to people true. who yeah. didn't know. And it still held true to exactly what they wanted to do and made it successful due to yeah. that. I absolutely loved the idea that they marketed it as a Valentine's Day movie. Oh, that was yeah. hysterical. <laughs> I yeah. mean, to, to market it as a love story in the Marvel Universe with the most obscure character, amazing way. Oh, yeah. And I saw it. Well, first of all, thanks to Eric, I befriended a few of my friends and went and saw it the day that it first came out of which then when i went and saw that with the remainder of my friends who are like my actual marvel group who go sees comics all the time uh they were a little upset at me for betraying them and <laughs> seeing the movie ahead of time so uh, eric i will thank you for that it was it was my absolute pleasure yes uh, <laughs> i did enjoy it both times though it was actually nice seeing it for the second time because then i could pick up on all the extras that i didn't see the first yeah, you didn't time. have to focus on the plot you could just look at background stuff yeah, yep i, I just i had to basically be utterly silent while sitting there not to go out <laughs> and give anything away to my friends because yeah. i just didn't want them to know at that point they could judge me later on just not during the movie yeah i didn't want to ruin it um but it, it was cool to see tons of couples there was a ton of oh, couples yeah. coming out of this movie, and like you know, I, I did end up bringing my wife, and she absolutely loved the movie. Her favorite scene in the movie is when he's talking about his magical blue masturbation shoes. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> with uh, the, yeah, with the, the unicorn Crocs. and everything. Yeah. 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 Well, the joke is, I have a pair of white Crocs at home, and when I go and put them on, I like walk into the room. She'll look at me now, and she'll be like, "Oh." You planning on like jerking off or something? <laughs> so like, you know, to a character that she's never really known, it's now something that is a main staple in my house. Yeah. So apparently, Crocs are masturbation shoes. Yeah. So I mean, as they should be. I, I mean, the hard rubber is easy to wash. I would say across the across the board, any shortcomings that you think this movie has, the humor and the charm really is just it's going to carry you through it, and you're just going to oh, sure. have a fun time. Oh sure. Yeah, right. And I mean, it, the fact that she enjoys it like that because I've taken her several. Marvel movies, she prefers like the X-Men ones, she kind of likes the action stuff like that Yeah. Um, mm. the Avenger ones, she doesn't find too bad but like all the offshoots like, like the, the solos thing, and stuff, yeah the yeah. solo ones you know, it just doesn't keep her interested That's fair, because yeah. it is really more for just the fanboys which I get it, because they're just trying to build story yep. but uh, no, she absolutely loved that one, she was happy when I brought it home, we've actually watched it since nice. so no, she she genuinely likes the movie and the movie i feel is doing quite well for itself good deal all right so now it's time (coughs) kill or be killed we'll start with a killed who killed it this movie who had the best kill such and such uh eric are you thinking you look like you're thinking yeah okay matt do you have yours okay we'll start with matt then the guest gets to go first all right who killed it so who killed it uh who killed it and also who had the coolest kill honestly i'm gonna go ahead and throw it out to negasonic uh teenage warhead that's fair i'm gonna give it to her because you know what 
Do you know who this character is? Who? Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I do not know much about her Do you her know at all. who this is? I'm fucking almost no one did going in. Right. And now who does? Pretty much everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she fucking That's killed very it. very fair. Alright. No, she is a very, very unknown comic creation that when like I saw it in the movie and I saw her and heard her name, I was like, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you had a choice of how many mutants and this is the one you picked? Like, okay, so be it. Granted, it goes well along with the whole thing of, you know, we can't afford anybody else. Yeah. So let's take somebody that no one's ever going to trademark and put yep. that out there. But, hey, you re-resurrected the character. You made her actually a pretty cool character uh, who has a pretty badass power. Yep. And the first time you see it go off, she pretty much shatters a guy in half. Yep. So, yeah, no, she... She fucking killed it. Oh, yeah. Either one way or another. So, I mean, you may see more of this character to come. Uh, they may put her to the wayside, too. But I honestly feel that she's here to stay. So, even if she's only attached to Deadpool comics or Deadpool movies, so be it. Yeah, she's sure. probably going to be in them from this point sure. on. Absolutely. And then uh, Need to Be Killed. Yep. Absolutely, Francis. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no doubt in Just my mind. for death. Yeah. Had to be. I mean, he's, he's almost as intolerable as t-ray in the actual comics okay which i wouldn't be surprised if t-ray comes around soon because he's probably one of the biggest like oppositions deadpool has but uh no absolutely like if they're not going to go with the whole storyline of the whole weapon x and essex and everything like that and they're going to go the realm of ajax being the one who brings him around yeah so be it francis had to die yeah and the way he dies also and yeah and the epic. fact that they actually kill him too instead of instead of just leaving it as like Oh, this isn't this isn't one of those movies where the villain lives to fight another day. Like, shoots him in the head. Like, you're done. So, yeah. good good on you, Deadpool. All right, so I'll go I'll go next, and I'll let okay. you I'll let you go last, Eric. Um, so for my killing it, I'm gonna give it to T.J. Miller because T.J. Miller. I I I'm not gonna give it to Deadpool because he's the obvious choice for me. So I I don't yeah. want to I don't want to do that. But T.J. Miller is Weasel. I I loved his interactions with everything of like. Like, when Francis and, and Angel show up in the bar and threaten him, and, like, a billion guns get pulled out. Like, I've always loved that character of, like, like the, the, the bar owner, the tavern owner, the contact guy. Like, uh, like Ludacris in the first couple of Fast and Furious movies. Like, that guy. You know, the guy who has, like, the hookups. That, that character has always been the fun one for me. And I thought T.J. Miller did a great job as that character and... and you know, housing the the Mercs and and all that was was great, um, and him, like you said, I'd like I'd like to see how his relationship with Deadpool moves forward. You know, if he really is gonna start hating him as much as he he really should. Um, but even a simple thing of like like at the end of uh, when Deadpool leaves to go fight uh, fight Francis and he's with he's with Blind Al and he's like, just you want to get high? Absolutely. Yeah, like, you want to get fucked? Yeah, up. You get fucked up? Like absolutely. Like just that simple thing. Um, my begging to be killed. Um, I'm gonna say is the other guy on. I can't think of who it is. The other guy on the gurney that he's talking to, when he's sitting there like. Oh really? The one that they're like, like uh, the one that dies. They're basically in the fire. having like a bucket list conversation. Yes. Um, that guy because he looks like he's in a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah. And I think he does just want to be dead. <laughs> All right. I, th- I think I think I'm ready now. Okay. My my killing it. Thank you for cluing me in and 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 making sure that I absolutely sealed it in. Blind Al, 
is fucking <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> just why such a douche this morning? <laughs> it's just like so good. And then just like Ryan Reynolds or Deadpool's tiny little hand just <laughs> stroking just her. Stroking it. Is it, am I crazy? Is your hand just really small? <laughs> I bet it feels huge in this hand. <laughs> You're gonna want to leave the room because I'm about to masturbate. Yeah. I bet it feels huge in this hand. Go 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 go! It's <laughs> yeah. like kicking her out. Oh, or, or even like the fact that she finishes a piece of IKEA, and then she's like completed, and then the whole thing just Shatters falls apart. and <laughs> sits down, like, like, that's it. Like, as it is, like, Ikea ruins relationships among oh, men sure. and women. Oh, sure. Who love each world. other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they are, like, fully capable of seeing and reading instructions. Oh, sure. Now you have this poor blind woman but, who's trying to put together uh, terrible furniture. And I love the idea that Oh my god, she put, like, this blind woman put together on Ikea furniture, and you're like, oh my god, that's incredible. And then it just shatters yeah, it just and falls <laughs> apart, and you're like, okay, that's fair. Like, like she is blind. Just one tab A was missing from one slot oh, B. Oh, sure. Sorry. That's it. The whole thing falls apart. Uh, sure. All right, and then my begging to be killed, the, tr- the true, just frustrating well i mean not even frustrating just douchey characters just the mr smith agent that recruits dead oh sure the program, yeah. and he does get it pretty satisfyingly yeah. just you're gonna want to look away <laughs> that's right he actually moves <laughs> yeah, the camera off the of camera him. over <laughs> this I, one i actually just rethought about it i i'd like to recant on my needs to be killed okay and uh i'd actually like to kill the director because I just thought okay. about the fact that they completely cut out a scene where we could have seen Gina Carano's boobs. <laughs> and they decided to omit that from the movie. That's fair. And God damn it, I, Colossus, this bitch is already rated R. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that I've like truly thought about it, like he needs to be killed. <laughs> the director does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, was that the overpaid jackass yep. or which one is he? Oh, yeah. I think it was directed by an overpaid tool. Yeah, it was an overpaid tool, right? What did they right? call... What did they call Deadpool in the intro? Well, didn't he, it say something about like stunningly handsome actor, or like or the something? coolest? Yeah, yeah. Deadpool gave himself a, a like. Oh, of course. A glowing. Yeah, he, glowing. Yeah. Uh, I really that he would do anything below I'm so that. So shame that I can't remember what it is. That's true. Oh well. All right. So, uh, any other completely final thoughts for the podcast today? None. Everybody looks looks real contemplative. We, we absolutely needed. Matt for this one. Yes, we did. I, thank, thank you for your encyclopedic knowledge of Deadpool. Appreciate yeah. it. I, I just need to touch back on okay. one more thing that right. we were talking about. Before. Fire away. We got it. So back to the force choking. Okay. All right. The the autoerotic as- asphyxiation. Okay, we're there. So now this is the perfect time for it. Yes. When, say if podcast after dark, Highlander had learned this power. Okay. And we know what happened to David Carradine. Okay. Bringing him back up once again also. Okay. When it happened, do you think his final chant was, There can be only come! <laughs> and then that was it? Yes. Yes, it was. That had to be. It had to be. I mean, you don't get to go out like that. You only get to die once, and if you're gonna die, you might as well that, go right? out, right? Like, I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's the only thing that makes sense. I, I, I think I broke air. All right. On that note, I'm going to, I'm going to do something to you right now, Eric. Ready? Oh, Take us out, Eric. I was kind of, I was almost set on not saying any more words. 
we're, I mean, we're, we're past that now. Holy shit. Yep. That, that is another episode in the books. I am Eric Rothbun. I am Austin Vaughn. And I'm Matthew Lorino. Hi. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thank you for stopping by Superior Purchase. Please, come again. Come again. How dare you. He can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all.